This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man. How the heck are you? It is the Monty Show. Happy Thursday, August 18th. 2022. Jake, um, what's going on with your hair today? What? What? Like, show America the back of your head. What are you, what are you talking head. about, bro? What? Yeah, dude, Jake's having what? some issues with his hair. We'll talk about why that happened today. Uh, another very, very bad day for the Pac-12. All those details coming up. The Jazz announced their TV deal, and fans are pissed. Plus, I had a run-in with my neighbors last night. Was I right? Was I wrong? Did you go full Karen mode? I actually didn't go full Karen mode. Okay. I was really proud of myself. Okay. Okay. We'll talk about all that coming up, but first we need to remind you, as we do every day, that we are sending two listeners to Las Vegas to check out BYU and Notre Dame. In the Shamrock series, and it's going to be an amazing time. So many people have asked me, how do I win this prize? What do I have to do? I can't get tickets. They're sold out. Well, it's pretty simple. If you want to go to Las Vegas on October 7th and 8th to watch BYU and Notre Dame battle it out at Allegiant Stadium, the home of the Raiders, all you have to do is go to any of the five locations Barbecue Pit Stop has in Utah, including Logan, Layton, Lehigh, Murray, and St. George. There's a box on the counter. Walk in, say, hey, Monty told me to stop by, fill out a slip. Fill it out, drop it in the box, and then join us Saturday, September 17th at the Barbecue Pit Stop in Lehigh. We are going to have a watch party for BYU and Oregon. That's the day that BYU is up in Eugene taking on Oregon at Autzen Stadium. We're going to have a bunch of wings. We're going to have some pizza. We're going to have smokers. It's going to be an amazing time. And then at halftime of that game, we're going to pull the winner. And we're going to announce who won the trip for two to see BYU and Notre Dame in the Shamrock Series. By the way, we'll do our football Saturday show live uh, at Barbecue Pit Stop that day. So it is going to be amazing. That is Saturday, September 17th. Time details will be announced as we get closer to that. Uh, but I should say we'll be getting off the plane from Hawaii. Yeah, yeah. To go and do that show. So that's going to be amazing. It is all brought to you by our good friend, Devery Davis at Academy Mortgage. 801-543-9666. All right, without further ado, yesterday was another very bad day for the Pac-12. Let's get into it because I think this is a really important question. Is the Pac-12 still a viable conference? And... I got to tell you, I don't think it is. We told you on this show yesterday morning before the Board of Regents met. In fact, if you go back to Tuesday night, I was tweeting numbers that sources had told me added up to what, you know, the Pac-12 was able to get from ESPN in, in their TV rights deal. And that was about $30 million per season, give or take. Right. And that that was going to be a $300 million deal over five years, and that that was the maximum that ESPN and Fox were willing to pay for first and second tier rights, 
and that ESPN wanted two Pac-12 After Dark Late Games, one for TVRadio.com and one for ESPN Plus, the ESPN app, and that Fox wanted the premier early window game. Okay, cool. People said I was stupid, that I was only on, you know, YouTube because I'm good looking. Like, it was amazing, right? right? Yeah, yeah. And then right. yesterday, and Jake, I want to put up this tweet. Right. Because I think, again, we all know that it is true, that it is true that I am indeed good looking. <laughs> I think we can all agree with that. Right. But apparently, I also have good information because Stuart Mandel yesterday from Sports Illustrated, I believe, or The Athletic, I could be wrong. Um, Stuart was live tweeting the California, University of California Board of Regents meeting. Right. And if you look at what Stuart Mandel tweeted in a report, the president of the University of California system says that, hey, the TV rights deal is only worth $350 million um, because USC is leaving the conference with UCLA. Is this the dagger? My God, Jake, we actually, you know, have an idea of what we're talking about. I mean, we're still doing this in my basement, but we know what we're talking about. That's what you fans were saying, that we had no idea what we were talking about. Right. But there's some interesting stuff in here. Look at this from the LA Times. This is a, a screen grab from the LA Times. And, and I'll read this for you because I think this is really important. Switching conferences is expected to significantly improve UCLA's athletic department finances while increasing the size of its recruiting base and enhancing its brand in rapidly shifting college sports landscape. Now, here's the important part. Before a recent court settlement with Under Armour, the Bruins Athletic Department was saddled with a $102.8 million deficit. UCLA also faced the prospect of cutting Olympic sports uh, teams in years to come had the school remained in the Pac-12, whose revenue has fallen well behind that of its counterparts in other parts of the country. Um, that is directly, bro. that is directly from the LA Times. Yeah. The Pac-12 is dead. And again, I don't think we're painting dire pictures here. What we found out yesterday is that according to the University of California Board of Regents, it's over. Because UCLA is worth a very small sum. USC on its own is worth 30% of the Pac-12's TV revenue. Thanks. 30%. You know, just some you know small chunk, right? 30% of the Pac-12's TV revenue. And when you lose USC and UCLA, you're losing $130 million a year in TV revenue. That's $13 million per remaining school of the 10 remaining. It's over. There's no way for this to be viable. And the whole reason that the University of California Board of Regents is meeting is because they're trying to figure out if they can force UCLA to stay in the Pac-12 because without UCLA and without 
the Los Angeles television market. Cal, the University of California at Berkeley. Yeah. Their athletic department likely is insolvent. They have massive debt on Memorial Stadium, which they just renovated several years ago, that they are trying to pay off. They are already hemorrhaging money because their football program has been terrible. They don't sell tickets. And by the way, I'd also remind you, these numbers do not include ticket sales yeah. and ticket sales-related revenue. It's over in the Pac-12, Jake. I don't see any way that they can survive. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I was brainstorming last night trying to figure out, well, what, like, what's the solution here? What do you, like, what else do you do? Because I, I, I agree, like, I don't know, like, what the path to survival is other than a, uh, an influx of private money. That's the only other thing that I could think of. Like, like, hey, uh, uh, a booster came through for your individual school. Like, you know, a booster came through for Cal and help them or like you know something in the private sector that gave that kind of bridge that gap from where you are now to where you need to be that's the only thing that i think could could really help them or or, or really keep them uh viable I, I i completely agree i don't know what else you do i mean this is what happens again when you spend a decade or maybe even more than that not doing your job and in in allowing people you know, like Larry Scott and the older regime to do what they did. And I know, hey, like it's SC's fault. Like, hey, if SC had been better, okay, cool, great. But the fact is, is SC, this isn't SC's problem anymore, right? Like SC is not, they're, they're out, they're gone. There's nothing you're doing about them because they're a private school. So you don't have a board of regents that governs your school. You're private. You can do what you want. So the point is, is that, I just think it's it's high time to stop talking about like oh well if you know if SC had done this or done that or if they hadn't left well I got news they did leave and and you can't do anything about that no. and and it's time to figure out how exactly you're going to survive because it's not just that you're in a financial hole or that you're behind the curve from these other schools many of these schools left in the Pac-12 have debt load and that's the problem that's a huge deal and it's because you've lost so much money. Yeah. Over the last 10 years in the Pac-12, the money you have not made has put a lot of these schools in a hole. I mean, you're talking about UCLA, the University of California at Los Angeles, a massive institution, you know, that was essentially bankrupt athletically and had to sue Under Armour, who pulled out. And the only way that they were able to survive on a baseline level was to win that lawsuit. There's no doubt that they are going to the Big Ten, not because it's a cash grab, but because it's the only way that they can survive. And I think that's the thing that that people are not accounting for. This is not an issue of just, well, they just wanted to make more money. Guy, this is an issue of survival athletically. Yes. There is a chance, in my opinion, there's a chance that the University of California at Berkeley is really athletically, they're insolvent. They're bankrupt. Yeah. They cannot afford to have Olympic sports. They can't afford to have rowing. They can't afford to have track. No, I guess not. They're in real trouble. And without UCLA, they're in even more trouble. And my question is, what is going on with Utah? Utah has an Under Armour deal, obviously, but you're looking at a situation with Utah where you have to make a move now. And I want to put up this graphic 
uh, that we showed you a couple of weeks ago about Kyle Whittingham and what Kyle Whittingham said about the here and the now. Right. Kyle Whittingham said, quote, it's important for the Pac-12 to make noise on the national scene whenever we get opportunities like that. We have to make the most of it. If you want to gain respect, gain national attention, you got to come out and win some of those games. Yes. Hopefully we can go down to the, there to Florida uh, and play like we're capable of. That is Utah head coach Kyle Whittingham talking about how important it is that they go to Florida and win. And I want to put up this Stuart Mandel tweet again because I think this is the essence of what we're talking about. Yeah. A new TV deal was estimated to be worth $500 million a year. So USC's departure dropped it to $350 million, a loss of $10 million per year for UCLA and Cal. And now you leave, UCLA leaves with them. You're at $300 million a year. I, I don't know what else you are. You're excuse me. You're at 30 million dollars a year for for five years. Like, yeah, you're in real trouble here. Yeah, I mean, that's just not that that, that doesn't give you a lot of options. And, and that's why I say, like, yeah, there's a lot of conversation in the in the different fan bases and the people who are admirers of the sport about like whether winning matters or not, or whether this is an on-the-field issue. And I'm here to tell you that winning always matters. Winning, dude, again, it comes down to why you play the game, right? You play the game to win the game. You, like, you don't play just to participate. And I think that winning is the only reason that Alabama is Alabama. Do you think anybody, anybody would care about Alabama if it wasn't Nick Saban in a gazillion national championships? No. Who the hell, it's Alabama. No. Who the hell cares, right? Like the winning portion is what's made the SEC the SEC. The lack of winning portion is what's made the Pac-12 the Pac-12. The winning portion is what's made Utah Utah the last few years. So that's why I mean. That's what I mean. I completely agree with what Witt said there, and I think that the Pac-12 doesn't prioritize winning in every category within football, like. On the field, in the pocketbook, in recruiting, yeah. on TV, like you, it, winning is what matters, and 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 it's such a novel concept. But I feel like sometimes these leagues just lose sight of that. It's like you know, again, this whole conversation that we've been having about like streaming and TV deals, and like whether we're talking jazz or college football or whatever, you can't lose sight of what feeds you, which is winning football games and having your fans be in. Like in that game with you, watching that game, watching the moments, you have to have that, and they don't have that, and no. that's why they're struggling. No, and I I think the the real question here is when you look at the Pac-12 and you cash trapped, the California education system is. Yeah, I just don't see a path to survival here. Because if you truly, if Cal is in this much trouble, the other thing that was truly amazing yesterday was I, I just think that the most people in the Pac-12 have no idea how business is done in the Pac-12. Like I look at some of the comments by the the Board of Regents. So the University of California Board of Regents, basically the governors who control 
the University of California education system. So UCLA, UC Berkeley, specifically in the Pac-12. The Board of Regents was asking, well, why can't Cal just go join the Big Ten? Well, let's just have Cal go join the Big Ten and everything will be fine. It doesn't work that way. Whoever came up with that shit need to be fired. It just doesn't work that way, man. Like they have no idea how major college football is administered. Yeah. And that's your lifeblood. Yeah, it's incredible. Football athletically, and and I think most people who watch this show probably know this, in college, football is what pays the bills. Basketball does not pay the bills. Basketball is a nice supplement, right? Football pays the bills. Football makes it possible to have track and rowing and cross country yeah. and soccer and badminton. And, and it, well, yeah, but football also makes it possible to have a full slate of female sports. Women's sports is largely dependent on the revenue generated from men's sports. And I just, I, I, I am blown away. And I know that California has got incredible dysfunction. I get that as a state, as a, a governance, I totally understand it. I am amazed that the people who run the UC system have no idea how major college football is operating. How's that even possible? How, how, I don't know. How is how is that real? That you have no idea that you can't just say, okay, well, we're in the Big Ten now. All right, where's my hundred million? Like, are you serious? <laughs> That it's it's completely ridiculous. Well, and I think it's very on brand for you know what we've seen, frankly. You know, like I I think in the Pac-12, you've seen that the prioritizing TV and distribution and thus prioritizing making money hasn't been at the top of the list, and no. so it, it's no surprise that these people controlling these schools or whatever are not uh, privy to how college football works. And and this is why I say. It's not just good enough. Like we're gonna have a conversation later in the show about like radio and where the where where things are at and what's going on with a major station in this country. It's not good enough just to do business like you've always done it anymore. That's right. It's not good enough That's to right. just show the hell up and just think, oh, well, you know, we're in Los Angeles or we're in Berkeley and you know, that's good enough and that's what's gonna make us money and people are just gonna pay. No, that's not good enough anymore. That's not how the world works. And I think that what we're seeing is some, you know, attrition, if you will. We're seeing, hey, the world is punching you in the face and you're not doing anything about it. You know what I think we're seeing? I think we're seeing a reality check. I think we're seeing that the the arrogance of the Pac-12, that same arrogance that kept BYU out of the Mm Pac-12, that same arrogance that said, oh, well, we're research institutions. I'm for real. Why don't you guys go play in the Mountain West? <laughs> All right. That arrogance is coming back to bite you right in the bag right now. because it's really you, despicable. Yeah, you have horribly mismanaged this. Yes. You, USC, are largely at fault for the demise of this conference. But the fact that the UC system has no idea how college football works is why this conference is dead on arrival. It's incredible. It, I I can't even I can't even fathom it. And I think the only way that the Pac-12 can survive is twofold. If if the Board of Regents at the UC system says UCLA, you are going to stay here, which I don't know. There's some question about the legality of them doing that. Because there's very, very murky, ambiguous language mm-hmm. in their contracts that say, hey, you can go make decisions 
And it looks like UCLA followed the rules as little as they needed to to make this reality. Bro, these rules were established in the early 90s. And like, they basically said, yeah, hey, you can do whatever you want to do with your athletic department. You just have to keep us advised. I'm going to do that. We, you don't have to ask our permission. Just let us know what you're doing. And that's exactly what you UCLA did. See, USC is a private institution. They don't have to ask anybody's yeah. permission. UCLA is part of the California education system, the UC system. They have to... Like, let people know what they're doing. But that's just incredible. Just just like, just like that rule on its own is truly incredible. Hey, UCLA, bro, you can leave the conference, but just make sure you let us know. Like, on your way out the door, will you leave a sticky note on the computer monitor so we know that you left? Like, that's essentially what you're saying, dude. And and that's that's that, to me, is what's incredible. I look at some of these <laughs> other conferences. That would be like the ACC being like, yeah, hey, hey, Duke or UNC, yeah, I mean, if you want to go to the SEC, go ahead. It's fine. It's fine. Just let us know, okay? Like, that's the problem with the Pac-12. we're talking about athletics. And I think this will resonate with a lot of people. These are the same people who don't know how college athletics or college financials work. And we're asking them to educate our children. These are the people at the UC system that we put in charge of making sure our kids are set up to succeed educationally. He's a bum. That's who we're talking about. And we we're sitting here wondering why the Pac-12 is in shambles because these morons are the ones making, you know, like life-changing decisions. Yeah. And they were asleep at the wheel. And UCLA just walked out the door. And for the last decade, nobody said word one about how much that rent in downtown San Francisco was. And meanwhile, here in the state of Utah, you have, without question, Utah has won more games of consequence as far as like national championships and competing yes. for a national championship. Utah has won more games of consequence in the last 10 years. BYU has blown the doors off of Utah business-wise. Yeah. BYU has not sprinted past. They're riding a rocket ship past Utah business-wise, with their ESPN deal, their financial viability, their Nike deal. You have a you have a company in Under Armour that has multiple deals across multiple schools in the Pac-12, and they're damn near bankrupt in Under Armour. Meanwhile, you've got little old independent, you're not good enough to be in our conference, BYU. Little brother. With one of the best uniform packages in all of college athletics, I'm for real. mind you. Being on national TV, bringing a million viewers to the TV every single game they play on all of the ESPN networks. Catch me outside. How about that? By the way, they're playing a massive schedule. I would remind you, strength of schedule came out. BYU is what, 13th? Yep. In strength of schedule, Utah's 107th. Not good. BYU is running circles around the Pac-12. And I don't think I need to remind most people just how well BYU did against the Pac-12 last year. Yeah. This isn't even a comparison. You can sit here and you can talk about how, oh, well, we've won the rivalry game. What does that mean? So go ahead and tell me again. And the reason I'm so fired up about this is all of the, the, the Utah hacks that came out on Twitter the other night were like, you're lying, you're making it up. And then the UC Board of Regents 24, 32 hours after I tweeted that 
hey, sources are telling me that it's, you know, $30 million per school per year for the remaining teams in the pack. Oh, you're making that up. You don't have sources. And then the UC Board of Regents reads those same numbers in an open session. And you're trying, <laughs> and you're telling me, hey, well, you know, you're just, you're being a BYU homer. You're clickbait. <laughs> hey, call it what it is. It's $30 million. Who's going to make more money next year on their TV deal? BYU or or, or Utah? Mm. Yeah, I don't know because I don't know that Utah is going to get any money in a TV deal. If it's $30 million a year, which is a nice little $6 million raise, comparatively speaking, to where you are now. Here's the other thing you got to remember. I was talking to somebody that knows San Diego State's situation pretty well yesterday. And they were saying that San Diego State doesn't view the Pac-12 as a big jump forward. And that San Diego State has not accepted an invitation, which I am told is on the table right now, waiting for San Diego State's signature. San Diego State hasn't accepted that, that invitation. No, no, no. No, they're only making, I think they make about between seven and 10 million per season on their TV deal. And people are like, well, why wouldn't they want to jump up by three and a half times? Well, here's the problem. You're getting a brand new football facility. You're, I mean, San Diego State Athletics is on an upward trajectory. What happens if you join the the, the Pac-10 at that point and they collapse? Then what? And by the way, San Diego State, I think, knows it has options because they're in Southern California. And if we learned anything from the UC Board of Regents, if we learned anything, we know that the California Southern California TV market is valued by the networks. Mm -hmm. San Diego State, actually, for the first time, probably ever, has leverage. Beautiful facilities, well-respected, destination recruiting market. And now, I think there's a real good chance that in the next round of expansion, whether that be Big 12, whatever, I think San Diego State's going to be a gem. They're going to be somebody that these conferences are after, Jake. And mm -hmm. I think that's why... Nobody is jumping to get into the big, big or the uh, Pac-12, Pac-10, whatever you want to call it now. Yeah. I mean, I think the issue is, like, obviously, there's just not a value proposition. That's the thing. Like, I, I think, and, yeah. and furthermore, I'd, I'd also say, like, the San Diego State thing, like, it's not just that there's not value for them in, in the pack. It's that there's not a plan to move forward to get value. Dude, like thirty million dollars a it's year. It's embarrassing. It's, a, it's a, it, Dude, it's absolutely embarrassing. And then you, and then you combine that. With like, you know, for those of you who listen to the show regularly, you know, hey, like you at the way, like the way USC got out of the Pac-12, go back and listen to it. But essentially they, they went behind the Pac-12's back and prevented expansion so they could leave. When San Diego State's looking at the conference, they know these stories. They know you're not making money. There's not a plan to move forward. Your schools are escaping behind your back. Like it all just points to a poorly run, mismanaged, mishandled, like I, I guess the word that comes to mind is incompetent management of this conference. And and that's the problem. Again, look around at the other P5s. Like the other P5s are fine. Like I know everyone's saying, oh, well, the Big 12 is two teams away from being the pack. Okay, cool. Well, they still got those two teams and they're still surviving and they're still in fine shape. But by right? the way, by the way, the pac 12s insolvent. I mean, all of this stuff that we're talking about. Yeah. The Pac-12's broke. Like you 
it's amazing to me, like hearing you say that. And I say to myself, the Pac-12 is broke. What, what reason? Try to come up, seriously, try to come up with one reason why someone would want to join the Pac-12 right here today. And look at San Diego State. That's a, that's a and I could be wrong, but I, I'm fairly, San Diego State is a Cal State University. I mean, you're, if you're San Diego State, you're looking at UCLA and you're like, hey, dude, like, why would I, why would San Diego State step into this quagmire? You wouldn't. Why would you want to step into a situation where you already know, by the way, if you join the pack now, like, let's say you're, you're the school in Southern California that replaces USC and UCLA. Do you really think you're getting a full share of $30 million? No. You're not. You're not. So, yeah, I would agree if they're making, and, and I was told they're getting $9 million a year in TV money. Mm -hmm. If you're getting $9 million a year in TV money, are you really going to move to the Pac-12, Pac-10, Pac-whatever's left for $15 million? No, no, or, no. Like, how much do you think San Diego State gets? Because if Oregon stays, right, UCLA and USC are out. Let's say San Diego State and one other university enters and Oregon and Washington stay. Do you really think that Oregon's going to give San Diego State a full share? No. No. Are you out of your mind? That's not going to happen. No, that's not there's, happening. There's no way that happens. No. I look at this situation and I actually think that San Diego State's doing the right thing. I actually think the Big 12 is doing the right thing. By not doing anything at all. because <laughs> Excellent strategy, sir. The Big 12 doesn't have to act. Yes. The Big 12, by in all likelihood, from what I'm told, the same guy who told me, hey, it's $30 million a year in the Pac-12 is telling me it's like 50 to $55 million right now today. If the Big 12 doesn't do anything, they're going to get about $55 million a year per school. That their TV deal, their TV deal, at a minimum, in their new contract, which is going to be negotiated in a in a year, yeah, would be at a minimum five hundred million dollars if they were negotiating it today. I'm pumped. And most people think a year from now that will be up at least a hundred million dollars. Oh well, yeah, I mean, but think about it. Where's the conference going? And this is what I mean. If you're San Diego State, you would never join the Pac-10, I guess, if we want to call it that, or whatever the hell it is, like. You, you wouldn't do that. You would call the Big 12 and be like, hey, what can we get done here? We're, we're, we're looking for a spot, and we're not going to the pack, and we're not quality enough to be in the SEC or the Big 10. So what's up? What can we get done? And yeah, because your TV deal is worth, let's just say, 70 a year for each school. Yeah, sure. We'll take 40 a year. Yeah, no problem. No problem at all. We'll, we'll take 30 a year. Because we know we can grow into that full share. And it makes sense because there's a path forward. That's what I'm talking about with the yes. path. You don't have a path forward. It's not like, again, we said this on the show yesterday. It's not, the, the, the problem isn't just the problem itself for the pack. The problem is that you have this issue and there's no plan to move forward. You don't have a, a stockpile of money you're sitting on. And your premier brands are talking about leaving. Nobody is going to step into that situation. It no. doesn't make any sense. And certainly not another, you, you know, UC school. I mean, yeah. you're just, you're not going to do that. There's yeah. just no way. There's just no way that you would. 
that you would do that knowing the inner workings. And that's why right? I say, like, that's why I say, like, think about it. If this was the SEC, not that this will ever happen to the SEC, but let's just say it did, you have a way out because you win football games in a lot of them. It's Alabama, it's Georgia, it's LSU, it's Arkansas, right? Like, you have these schools that are in the SEC that play big-time football regularly. So that's why the SEC is never going to be in this situation. That's why SC went to the Big Ten. They want to play bigger games of consequences more often so they can get more TV money. That's that's the issue. And so that's why I say Man. let's stop criticizing BYU for going to the Big 12 and saying, oh, well, you're never going to make it in the Big 12. Well, it doesn't really matter. They're going to get paid now, right? So if I'm Utah, I'm saying, okay, I have to move. I have to get going here. Because if I don't, I'm going to wind up in a situation that I don't want to be in. And I'm not saying that's the Mountain West, certainly. But what I am saying is you're you're just happy to sit here and whatever is going to be left of the wreckage that was the Pac-12. That's not good for your school. I just don't know how. I don't know how you fix this. There, There's no clear and obvious way to to remedy the money problem yeah there's no clear and obvious addition that fixes this and listen i know that that bob thompson the former president of fox sports came on a couple of weeks ago and told us yeah that the pac-12 can be saved without ucla i doubt that i don't know how you do that i think the only way that you can save this conference is to keep ucla and and leverage san diego state to join the conference that gives you southern california but when USC and UCLA leave, which I think is going to happen, they the the pack will not have representation below Berkeley. And what makes you think that they'd be able to do that based on their prior behavior? Right? I, that's, I, that's, don't, like, I don't think anything. Like I think we have to keep I pointing really that out. How can we have confidence in a in a in a you know a board of regents or a management team, if you will? How do you have confidence in that team when they are the exact same people who put you here? That's the issue. That's what I can't get away from with this conversation. And the again, 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 like I and I, I don't crazy. mean to be redundant with this putting this picture up here. Yeah. This this LA Times piece. Look at this, what's on the screen right now. Look at this. The Bruin Athletic Department was saddled with a record hundred and two point eight million dollar deficit. Come on, man. A deficit. They're in the hole. $102.8 million. That's UCLA. But that's okay because they're getting $70 million a year in TV money, right? Ugh. Oh, no, that's right. That's right. You're not. You're uh, not. And that is, again, the only reason that this is not a death knell for the conference is because UCLA was able to negotiate an out-of-court settlement with Under Armour, who pulled out of their 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 massive deal with UCLA, yeah, like I just it's brutal, Kawabunga. All right, let's get your comments in here. I appreciate you guys listening to me rail uh, about this. And and listen, I I think most of you who watch this show know this that you know we are not. I, and I don't. I'm not going to say we. I am not affiliated to the state in any way, shape, or form. I wasn't born here in Utah. Um, we choose to live here. And we have for the last decade, like yeah. I'm a Notre Dame fan. Trust me. I understand the pain of independence, but Utah fans 
are coming to, a, I think, a very difficult realization. And that is that the Pac-12 is not what you hoped it would be. And I think you have to, to realize now that BYU has passed you by. And I understand why you want to say that, you know, oh, your sources are bullshit and you make it. Okay, I totally get it. Yeah. Because $30 million a year makes you look foolish. It, it makes you look like the minor leagues. Mm -hmm. And I understand that, you know, Bill Riley on ESPN 700, I guess a couple of weeks ago, somebody tweeted at me that he said it would be $50 million a year. Well, there's not a conversation right now alive or a mathematical equation, quadratic or whatever or algebra, geometric or, you know, you can use whatever map you want to find, but yeah. you're going to find nothing that says you're worth $50 million a year. Do you know what that's like these days? You're just not. And again, I will simply restate what I said yesterday on the show. It's on YouTube. It lives forever. I was told by a TV source very close to this that they are going to get $30 million a year for yeah. five years per school. So get your facts straight. Per school, period. That's the max. That's the ceiling. Yeah. That... It, it And that's, to me, that is just really, really unfortunate. Really unfortunate. I mean, it but, is. Yeah, I. I, I and, and by the way, real quick, yeah. that's average annual value. Yeah. That isn't, that doesn't mean that the 10 remaining schools each get 30 million. Yeah. That's not what that means. That's average annual value. And I think, this is why I say, I just, if you're Utah and if you're a Ute fan, there's a hard stop coming. Kyle Whittingham didn't say what he said. Um, Kyle Whittingham didn't say, hey, we need to go out and win games. This is Kyle Whittingham. He didn't go out and say, hey, we need to go and beat Florida and make a statement. When does Kyle Whittingham ever say stuff like that? Never. When it look, Read this statement from Kyle Whittingham. And this is a guy, by the way, who just is coming off of a, a Rose Bowl appearance in a Pac-12 championship. Mm-hmm. And he's talking about how it's important for the Pac-12 to make noise on a national scene whenever we get the opportunity. Oh, you mean like week one? He's got to go. And, and I know we've talked about it on this show. They need to go to Florida and make a statement. Because if they go to Florida and lose, God forbid they go to Florida, the Utes, and get their doors blown off, nobody's going to remember the Rose Bowl. Nobody. And I think... If you go to Florida and you win, and if the Utes are what I think they are, which is a, a one-loss team, and man, I hope that loss isn't to USC. Mm -hmm. If they're a one-loss team and they're a conference champion again, yeah, and they go to the college football playoff because at one loss and a champion of the Pac-12, you can do that. We're having a different conversation. Yeah, The home of the Utes needs to be the Big 12. And I think there's a possibility that happens. We're sitting where, by the way, has anybody noticed the Big Ten has not announced their TV deal yet? Hmm. There's a lot of thought that that could happen today. We'll see if that happens. I don't know. Here we are at 9 a.m. Eastern. We'll see what happens. Y'all feel me? 8 a.m. in Chicago. Let's see what happens. Yeah. But if they announce that and those schools are getting an average annual value of $100 million a year, the Big 12 has to act. Yep. The Big 12 has to act. They have to go and put a the because this thing, and I, I I'm again I'm not trying to be redundant. I just want you to understand the gravity of that that regents meeting yesterday. The grim picture that was painted 
for the Pac-12 yesterday. It was ugly. It was it was as bad, I think, as it could have been. Too bad. When you're telling us you're broke and you're telling us that you don't know how college football works, that is a shocking, shocking admission. Yeah, I, it's just embarrassing. I, I think it's I, it, 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 it lays the foundation for your conference not to exist anymore. It, it is That's a, what it does. A, and I, I wish I had that now, but I, I want to read you. I want to read you the Stuart Mandel tweet, and I'll find it. But I, I just, it, it's amazing to me. And if you don't follow Stuart Mandel, um, I mean, he, he is he is the editor-in-chief at The Athletic for college football. Mm-hmm. If you don't follow him, I, I, I think you're missing out. But he talks about, you know, how they don't know in the, the UC president's office yesterday, you would think, Stuart Mandel said, the UC president's office would have access to some inside info. But no, they're citing, quote, media reports for the Pac-12. That you, you own UCLA and you don't know the financials of the Pac-12. As you can see, there's not much hope for you left. How? How? Like, I, I, the incompetence. Yeah. And these are the people we're trusting to educate our children. Mm-hmm. Like, I think about that, man. Yeah, it's not when, good, dude. When we talk about the future, and listen to this. This is the tweet I want to read. One of the regions seems to be under the impression Cal can just decide whether or not it wants to be in the Big Ten, too. Another just proposed they should model out various scenarios for Cal, quote, including one where it moves to Division Three, Bro, what are you talking about, man? Are you serious? Do you have no idea? Do you have no idea? And I know they're just those wacky, hippie, lettuce-smoking fanatics in California. If you guys ever want to kick it, we'll flow. But this is your job to know this. Yeah. I, I, am, I am just but, terrified but this for is my point. our future. This is my point. The Pac-12 has always been run by old rich white dude who doesn't seem to care doesn't care doesn't care doesn't about football care, doesn't oh, yeah, we, could, we could go to the football game on saturday i guess like what are you talking about what are you what are you talking about dax johnson good morning to you johnson says, morning boys the pac-12 is dead and the big 12 needs to take advantage also what's up with all the haters towards you guys on twitter i think and look this is just my opinion i i don't know i i yeah I think it, it goes back to when we were, you know, when I was on K-Fan, these, by the way, these are all the same relationships. Like when you ask me who I talk to, I've been talking to the same people and they've all just kept moving up. Now I've been regressing. I mean, hell, I'm sitting here next to Jake in his basement. Yeah. I mean, in my hair, I mean, obviously, you know, <laughs> I thought that was the best one on Twitter the other day. Well, you're, you just do this show in your son's basement. Like, come on, guy. <laughs> I think this goes back to, and the hilarious part is like this guy on Twitter the other night's like, yeah, we're still waiting for BYU and Texas to form a super conference, which was never what I said. What I said was, hey, Texas and USC both would like out of their situation and they would like to form a super conference. Mm-hmm. And they have talked about forming a super conference, one that would include BYU, a large group of schools getting together to make a bunch of money while playing football. Yeah. 
Meantime, Texas left the Big 12, and USC now has left the, the, the Pac-10. Yeah. So you can tell me that I don't know what I'm talking about, but if you just follow the timeline... I have failed forward apparently relationally because I just happen to know people in the very good positions. I've worked in pro sports for 30 years, man. I I know, I'm telling you right now, right now, the hate on Twitter is good. The the people saying that we don't know what we're talking about, it's almost as though it's it's formulaic. Well, and you know, it's funny. Oh, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't have sources. And like the... Like with the with the Donovan Mitchell trade. Yeah. Oh, you guys don't know what you're talking about. Stop lying. Yeah. What Dude it, was saying, hey, he's getting text messages. You guys don't know what you're talking about. How'd that work out for you? How did that work out for you? How did it work out for you last year when we told you Rudy Gobert was going to get traded? It's consistent. Yeah. That's why I say, we're again, not to push forward too far, but we're going to have a conversation about radio later in the show, and you want to be here for that. That's what I'll say. Be here for that. By the way, I thought it was interesting, and we're going to talk about the Jazz in a minute. Yesterday, Stephen A. Smith said that he's talked to the Knicks. Mm-hmm. And the Knicks are frustrated because Danny Ainge is asking for six picks. Well, but wait, what did you say? Didn't you say? That Danny Ainge has frustrated the Knicks because he's asking for six picks is what we've talked about for weeks huh. on this hmm. show. Interesting. Interesting. Hey, man. You know, it is what it is. Don't lie to me. Cody Strickland, good morning to you. Well, you guys have burgers. I So should I bring my own turkey burgers? No, we're going to have wings and we're going to have pizza. Jesse Harsh says, morning, boys. Are Oregon and USC rated properly in the AP? In my opinion, they're overrated. I think USC is vastly underrated. Yeah, but they got to earn their ranking. They do. But if you pay attention to what USC's added... Not just Lincoln Riley. They're incredibly talented. Yeah, I mean... They're, we, th- they're, they're two and a half deep. Yeah, I don't know that they're three, four deep right now, but they're as talented as they've been right now today in a decade under under Lincoln for, what, three, five months, six months? Yeah, I agree with that. I, I But I think that SC, again, you know, and, and we've always disagreed on this, but I think SC has lived on its on on this notion that they're SC and they're in Southern California, and that's why everyone thinks they're good. And they've been terrible for the last 10 years. And so now Lincoln's come to the program and done everything you were just talking about. And so there's optimism around the program, as there should be, rightfully so. I think they're going to be good, no doubt about it. But that yeah. doesn't mean that in the preseason you're going to get a gift of a ranking. That's not how it works. You need to go out, you need to win football games, and you need to beat Utah this year if you're SC. I think Utah's underrated at seven, and I think BYU's vastly underrated at 25. Yeah. But, you know, BYU, I'm a little concerned about about Gunnar Romney. Gunnar Romney has not practiced at all, not one time. And I'm trying to find out what's going on with Gunnar Romney. I mean, he's got to be injured. And I understand, like, they did their inside Cougar training camp the other day, and Kalani Sataki talked about Hey, we're resting people. We're being very careful. Mm-hmm. Gunnar Romney hasn't taken a rep in practice yet. But he's also a veteran. He hasn't taken a rep in. Pra- you don't. You're not concerned that he's hurt. I mean, yeah, he's probably hurt. I don't like. Yeah, probably. But I'm not going to sit here and say that somehow the guy is. You know, like that. Like him not practicing doesn't mean that he can't come out week one or whenever that first week he plays will be and execute. I mean, I I, I just think that that's part of life as a football player. When you're hurt. 
your job is to make sure that you stay in the know as far as the playbook's concerned and you keep you keep yourself sharp. Yeah, That's your but job. I also think as a wide receiver, there's something with the ball hitting you in the hands and there's something in, in catching a football from your quarterback, knowing how that ball is going to spin, knowing how that ball is going to feel. How much time is Gunnar Romney and, and, you know, that group of quarterbacks, Jaron Hall and, I mean, Conover looks unbelievable. Yep. Um, but how, how much time is, has Gunnar Romney been able to spend with Jaron Hall? That's my biggest concern. They need those wide receivers to be explosive and good. And I don't know what it is, and I hope I'm wrong. I, I, I Sincerely, I hope I'm wrong because I love Gunnar Romney. Yeah. He, he has got to be injured. You don't not play a guy in practice. You do not. I mean, half reps, okay. You're just trying to keep his legs fresh, okay. Yeah, he's probably hurt. I, I you're not you're not wrong about that. But I but I'm not going to sit here and stress about about dude's ability to get the job done when he does come back. I think that that like if if he starts to you know falter, yeah. if he starts to to wane, then yeah, let's be concerned. Like I don't disagree with what you're saying. It's ideal. In a perfect world, you would be catching those passes. You would be practicing. Like obviously, it, it always helps to get those reps in. But I, I, I think it, it would be different if this was a guy who's like first year on the team and he was some big recruit who just couldn't practice and didn't have the chemistry already. You know, but but I think yeah. he's got that chemistry. I think it, 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 there's enough there where he can get by. Is I guess my point. Yeah. I I just more to the point. I'm I'm more concerned that they have significant injuries early in the season. That's what I would say. Uh, all right, Kurt Myers. Good morning to you. He says I'm out taking my morning walk to get cut. Let's go. <laughs> Neville ninety three says good morning guys. The Pac twelve is dead dead. I don't see how they recover. Uh, New York Jets fan says Pac twelve is dead like the Lakers after LeBron signed that massive deal yesterday. I and we're going to talk about that. I actually think that deal gives them flexibility. So we'll see about that. Richard McDonald says, I'm excited to hear what happens. The pack is garbage. Yeah. This is what happens when you cower in fear for a year instead of living life over the flu. Yeah. Well, they didn't, they didn't want to play games. I don't disagree with that. Jesse Harsh says, morning, boys. Read that one. Cody Strickland, what's up? Uh, Kurt Meyer says, uh, I watched a report yesterday that concluded the ESPN is trying to end the Big 12 and is forcing the ACC, SEC, and the pack to gobble up teams. I haven't heard that not one time. I have not heard that from a single person Yeah, at all. Uh, Cody Strickland says, um, wants to know if we'll have burgers. I don't know if our comments are repeating. Uh, I'm sexy because my Lopez, sexy Lopez says. That could be. That could absolutely be. M. Alvarez says, the only one looking twice is Mrs. Monty, but I'm a dude. What do I know? Okay. Okay. Donnie, please. I mean, you know, I'm a good looking dude. I mean, you know. Uh, Kenai Johnson says, top of the morning, fellas, fits the Pac-12 perfectly. Yeah. It is amazing to me that they don't know, that the UC Board of Regents clearly does not understand how college football works. Nope. I'm shocked by it. Shocked. Uh, JC Destroys Ankle says, morning, fellas. What's up? Why is, it, why is the U acting so comfortable with the Pac-12? Pac-12, Pac-10? With NAL becoming a thing, how can they stay competitive in this conference? But this is what I say about Utah all the time. And this has been my question about Utah for weeks. Yeah. I've brought this up for a specific reason. There's no way to get NIL deals done at Utah. It is incredibly difficult because if you go to the school, they tell you, well, we can't get involved. Good luck trying to get the players. Like you DM them, like, nothing, not a, like, and I know a few people, I have probably 12 numbers on the team. 
and you just don't like it. You there's just no traction. The kids. The crazy part is a lot of the kids at Utah don't know how NIL works and are concerned that they will get in trouble. Mm-hmm. Like, are you serious? How is that possible? They that Utah is not educating their football players on how NIL works. I have a hard time believing that. Mm-hmm. I have too much faith in what Kyle Whittingham and Mark Harlan are doing up there. Well, I, I just I don't understand the disconnect with NIL at Utah. That's one. Two, they just don't have the money that every other school has. Yeah. I mean, it, it's – and this is why I say when we talk about – this is this is why. This um, is why. This is why I say right. when we talk about Utah versus BYU, BYU is in a superior position to Utah right now. That could change very quickly. If Utah joins the Big 12, you know, if you're, if you're exponentially better off financially – Okay, t- cool. I get that. Yeah. But I think it's one of those situations where until it happens, you just don't know. Yeah. You, yeah. you just don't I, know. I completely so, agree. 100%. Yeah. I don't know. Let's keep rolling. Ryan Thompson says, uh, Monty, you were spot on. The report said UCLA represented one third of USC's 30% value. That is a 40% total uh, a loss total, leaving $300 million for the remaining 10 teams. Yep. Yeah. Thanks. I appreciate that. Uh, Sexy Lopez says, zombie company, higher interest rates don't help right now. What do you mean? Okay. Ryan Thompson says, PAC is losing $150 million with USC and $50 million with UCLA. Before the defections, the PAC would get $500 million. So there is that $300 million I mentioned again. Yeah, it's remarkable. Remarkable. Uh, Ryan Thomas says, Bob Thompson said, motivating matchups create value. Oregon, Washington, Utah, and ASU all can create compelling matchups Mm-mm. against Baylor, Oki, Cincinnati, BYU, etc. I don't know. There's a lot of debate about Washington's value. Washington brings you Seattle. Washington's living on hype right now. They're not a good team, and that needs to change. Well, and I think there is some of some of the value. It, right now, today, your performance on the field is critical to your value. I think it's a a part of your value. Obviously, and I, I just go back to Syracuse. Syracuse is not an attractive athletic program for most conferences. Oh, but they are in the state of New York, and they, they deliver you a massive amount of human beings. What's the difference, though? The key difference between mm-hmm. Syracuse and Washington, you know, in their respective conferences, is nobody's leaning on Syracuse in the ACC to make money. Nobody. They, it's nice to have them, but they don't need them, right? It's nice that you have that addition of the New York portion, but it's not like if if somehow Syracuse closed its doors tomorrow, the ACC would close its conference. Sure, Washington, on the other hand, is uh, Washington, on the other hand, is important to the Pac-12 or Pac-10 success. Like they are a premier brand. They well, they were a premier brand until you know their team was not good anymore. So that's what I'm saying. Like you, it's it's different in my opinion. Yeah, we'll see. I, I think it's going to be very interesting to see who goes where and who's got real value. Because I think between Utah's value on the field, I think Utah's total brand as an athletic department, their total brand as an institution, education, I mean, they just bring so much to the table as a total package at Utah. I think they have value. They have tremendous value. Especially when you consider the reach that the Big 12 would be looking for. 
which is why I think San Diego State is such an incredible, incredible asset. And then you look at Utah joining BYU. I mean, it gives you a really big game every single year in multiple sports. Like there's just a, there's a lot to it. Mm -hmm. There is a lot to it. So I would be, I would be high. I would be very high on Utah's value. Richard McDonald says it's a, it's simple when you put politics over everything, including your product and student athletes, you're bound to fail. I agree with that. I agree with that. Uh, JC Destroys Ankle says, welcome to the Monty Show where Jake is giving his Netflix password to Greg Hawkins. I'm not sure, like... Okay. I don't know what that means. Yeah, I don't know what that means, bro. Um, Steve Peterson says, good morning, Steve, with all due respect. Yes. Uh, the non-California schools have allowed the California schools' arrogance to destroy the Pac-12. That's a really good point. Yep. That's a really good point. Yep. That is a really good point. James Nelson, good morning to you. Utah can't exactly join the Big 12 without an invite. No, they can't. But I think there's no doubt that invite is either coming or has come already. Yeah. It's simply a matter of process. And I I have no doubt that that the Big 12 would find Utah an attractive member and would, would add them if they thought they could add them today. I think the Big 12 is doing the exact right thing by waiting and being patient. Because the Pac-12 is eating itself. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're watching. You're just watching it burn down. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean you're this border regents thing yesterday. I mean, it just put all of their dirty financial laundry out there. I mean, you have multiple institutions in that conference that are in trouble financially, and that's just in the UC system. I mean, we now know that Cal and UCLA are in financial straits. Like they are in real. It's not trouble. the best situation, and we all know that. And I mean, it, it is not. I think it's extreme. Somebody asked me yesterday if I thought that Cal Berkeley sports would go away. That's not going away. I mean, it. but could you see Olympic sports go away at Berkeley? I think you could. Concessions, like concessions of different sports. Yes, I think you could. I think that's a real, real thing because they're in a hole and there is no way to to, to dig your way out of that hole. Final. You're just not making any money. Yeah. You're not making any money. Uh, Steve Peterson says, I want Utah to survive. I want them out of that conference. They need to make a move and not have the same arrogance of the Cal schools. Well, yep. I mean, man, the, the 180 in situations mm-hmm. is just incredible. Yeah, but this is what uh, happens. I, that, that that arrogance piece that he's talking about is so spot on. I mean, you can't. You just, you can't be that far off. You can't, like, that's why I was so surprised. Like, what was it, two weeks ago at Pac-12 Media Day? Like, the the arrogance was was alive and well. And, and, and it's so funny to see you chose to have the Stanford AD sit next to you. Why? What has Stanford ever done for yeah. you? Like, how about UCLA? How about Utah? How about Oregon? You know, the schools that, like, pay your bills? How about those guys? Yeah. That was incredible. Yep, Richard McDonald says, Monty, politics killed the pack. I know you're left-leaning and probably don't want to admit that, but it's literally in pack commercials. Well, whether you're left or right, this is a money thing. I, I don't necessarily believe that politics are why, you know, the Pac-12 is dying. I, I don't I don't believe that at all. I mean, I, I think really bad business decisions. Yeah. From how, I mean, having lawyers make decisions about officiating, on the football field is ridiculous. 
a, a t- arrogance and the just a reluctance to make a TV deal. Yeah. Uh, just, just really stupid financial decisions, overspending, under under earning, overspending. Not respecting your profit and loss sheet. It's very simple. Not And the, the other thing, when you talk about politics, the other thing I find so interesting is every conference is a melting pot. I mean, if, if you look at the Big Ten, you know, from Rutgers all the way across the country to Los Angeles. I mean, what does New Jersey and California have in common? What does, I mean, you look at, at what you're getting in the, in the Big Ten, there's such a dichotomy of a corn farmer and a, and a, <laughs> a corn farmer and a lawyer from USC are completely different humans. Yeah. But they all can come together and make that work because they're going to win games. Mm-hmm. They're going to make money. The reason that a school like USC and UCLA, who are neighbors, the reason that they're leaving together is because they understand their relationship. They understand their value, which clearly the conference did not. So the difference between Seattle, Berkeley, and Los Angeles is far more than their political Mm left-leaning. It's far more than that. It's a lack of communication. It is a lack of understanding. It is a lack of, of the ability to operate inside of a structure. All of that has fallen apart in the, in the Pac-12 because you allowed Larry Scott to manage this thing straight into the ground from a penthouse. Yeah. From a private jet with a three-piece custom-made suit on. You allowed that to happen with no accountability. That's what is so shocking to me. Yeah. And you allowed President Yao at, at um, USC to just roll over you. And I think I got her name wrong, but you, you, you allowed USC to absolutely torpedo the conference. Fult, Carol Fult, thank you. President Fult at USC, you allowed her to completely torpedo your existence a year ago. And I, I'm sure most people know this story. A year ago, a small group of presidents in the Pac-12 got together to talk about expansion. And USC President Carol Folt said, I am not interested. We are not doing this. And shut it down. And the Pac-12 never went back to it. And less than a year, 11 months later, Carol Folt and USC announced they were leaving the conference to go to the Big Ten. Cold-blooded, clean, methodical, and thorough. She flipping owns you, bro. Yeah. Like you and and you allowed that to happen. Straight assassin mode, man. You so not only have they sucked for a decade, USC, not only have they been scandal ridden, not only have they had multiple scandals in basketball, one of the biggest scandals in the history of college football. You went to them and you said, Hey, would you be okay? Would you mind if we expanded? No, I don't want to expand. Okay, sorry. And you cowered away in your corner, or excuse me, in your penthouse, Larry Scott. Right. And you allowed UCLA to and USC to dictate your your fortune. Y'all feel me? And now you want to hire a new commissioner, and now you want to try and sell us that $30 million a year is just fine and dandy. Well, there's no more fine and dandy after that regent meeting yesterday. Yeah. That doesn't exist. That does not exist. 
Uh, what's up, Viking Russell, uh, Russell Anderson, the desert Viking? Says the Pac-10 is like the high school chick that looked down her nose at everyone that ended up in jail with a mustache mugshot. Wow. Okay, I, I can't say I hate that. <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't say I hate that. Jordan Huey, good morning, says Michigan, Rutgers, Northwestern, all very left schools politically is not the issue. Business yeah, is. Yeah, it just, it has, like, and not to Business hate on that guy issue. who left that political comment, but I just, I just, it doesn't have to do with politics. It has to do with business, man. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I think it is... Money management and opportunity. It's either going to make you or it's going to break you. Like, that's it. I can't believe the Pac-12 is in this position. I, I just, I well, can't believe it. I, I don't know. Uh, Richard McDonald says, thanks, Tanner. I'm not a diehard Republican or anything. I'm pretty middle of the road. What did Tanner say? Yeah. Tanner said, I lean to the left, Richard McDonald, but I agree with you. Leaning to the left too much is definitely one of the reasons why the Pac days could be numbered. Tricky T. I don't know. It, 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 I, and I'm what happy to have this mean? discussion. Well, what it means is that, one, you're a California conference. I mean, there's, yes, you have Utah. Yes, you have the Arizona schools, Washington, Oregon. Totally understand that. But this is USC, UCLA, Cal, Stanford. Like, the heart of this conference lives in California. The management of this conference is in California. I think there is a stigma about that. I don't believe that, you know, if you look at, I don't know, Gavin Newsom, the governor of California. Mm -hmm. Gavin Newsom absolutely played a role in whether they chose to play or not. But are you telling me that Washington State firing Nick Rolovich over a state law played a role in the collapse of the Pac-12? No. Nick Rolovich is a cock. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, like... That's a nickname he gave him. <laughs> uh, I mean, like, he's just a, he's an arrogant jerk. Yeah. yeah. Like, you're putting... At the time that Nick Rolovich was refusing to wear a mask or, or get vaccinated is really yeah, what it came down to. Because Rolovich wore a roll-a-cock wore a <laughs> ro wore a mask but nick rolovich refused to get vaccinated and there yeah. was a law in the state of washington that mandated all public employees all employees of the state get vaccinated oh and by the way he wasn't paid well or anything was he oh that's right you were the number one paid public employee in the state that's and by right. the way he's now suing washington state and in the state of washington the university the state of washington like but you knew the rule you knew the rule. Yeah. That has nothing to do with why the Pac-12 is collapsing. They, they Not playing during the period of time YouTube doesn't allow us to talk about is not the reason that you're collapsing. The reason that you're collapsing is you're flipping stupid. <laughs> you're terrible at the business of football. Yeah. It's not the period of time when the, the needle in the arm and stuff. Right. That has nothing to do with why they're collapsing. Nothing. Not a thing. They're collapsing because they don't have a TV deal. Thanks. They're collapsing because USC and UCLA abandoned them for the Big Ten to make $100 million a year at some point in the future. Which is interesting because they've done it for different reasons, as we've laid out. You know, USC did it for opportunity. UCLA did it because they had to do it. Yeah, you know? I, I just... the the. I, I, I don't disagree that politically California is a freaking disaster. Yeah. There is no doubt about that. I actually, and I don't know, I think I've said this on the show before, I know Gavin Newsom pretty well. When I was at KGO, like, he was on my show regularly. Like, we talked on a pretty regular basis. 
Gavin Newsom is a liberal. There's no doubt about that. He is, he is, he could be the face of the liberal movement. He's not the reason the PAC 12 is collapsing. Yeah. Like, I mean, we could sit here and talk about governance and all this other crap. Politics have no role. Incompetence is the reason. You're, again, if you're just tuning in, we're talking about this UC system board of regents meeting yesterday. Yeah. Yet, yet members of the, the board of regents unaware, unaware that you can't just up and join any conference you want. You had a, a regent in the, U, the University of California system. One of the people charged with running the system said, well, you know, I mean, why doesn't Cal Berkeley just go to division three? Um, what, what is that? Dude? Do you know what that would do to them financially? Even as crippled as you see is now, do you know how little money you would make? Like it's a, that's why the PAC 12 is failing. Yeah. It has nothing to do with the ballot box and everything to do with incompetent management. That's 100% what this is about. You know, like, and we could sit here and go round and round about, politics and taxes and overregulation and business climates. Why does Oregon want out? Are you telling me that Oregon's not left-leaning? Yeah. Are you telling me that USC is not left-leaning? It's not politics. Yeah. It is not it's bad politics. Business, bro. It is. The Big Mugamba says, grew up in California, worked in LA. It's a crazy place. Left as fast as I could. Everyone thinks they are the best and what they do because they are in LA, but they have no clue. Well, I mean, listen, man, I lived in LA for over a decade. I love Los Angeles. I love Southern California. Yeah. I love the beach. Everybody's got their own perceptions. You're not wrong. My perception's just different. That's all. Court uh, McMullen says, Gavin Newsom has run California into the ground. He barely escaped a recall election. Well, no, he didn't barely escape. He easily overcame. Like, come on. See, but this is what I mean. See, this is what happens. See, this is what we allow ourselves to get into yeah. as a as a, a society. We're talking college football and we're talking about incompetent business practices that have put you in a terrible position. This has nothing to do with recall elections or, you know, honestly, Gavin Newsom or the time we can't talk about. It has nothing to do with that because if it had anything to do with that, the SEC would be in trouble. The Big Ten would be in trouble. The Big 12 would be in trouble. The ACC would be in trouble. Everybody else would be in the same boat the Pac-12 is in. But what do you notice? They're not. In fact, I would even say the Big Ten is thriving. You're talking about $100 million per school TV deals. I think they're doing okay. This has nothing to do with politics. It's everything to do with that, with business. Straight up. I, I just... <laughs> like, it's not hard. It's not difficult. And it's funny, the the the... I actually know a ton of people. I probably know a dozen people that work at the Big 12 or at the Big 10 network. They're they're laughing at people in the Pac-12. I mean, like, the Pac-12 is the laughing stock of college sports right now. Yes. This UC Regents meeting yesterday left people stunned and in awe of just how incompetent that conference in the UC system is. It It's... Well, and so it begs the question: What is Utah going to do? What is it? What is the plan of action? There's get to the Big be Twelve, dude. You got to get to the Big Twelve. I, I don't see any way. Steve Peterson says, uh, "Monty, the Deseret News 
is now also reporting about the financial state of the Pac-12, and it's exactly what you reported, but you know nothing. Yeah, I mean, we don't know anything on this show. And, and, no, and none of the people who write jazz content in this town or, or write content on college football listen to the show. No, not at all. Not at all. And nope. listen, I, I think the thing that we, you know about this show is your opinion is really welcome here. Honest to God. Whether you agree with us or not, I mean, we, we the idea that you guys are here, how many, there's 286 people in this, this live stream right now. Like, we did... We, I mean, our channel is exploding. Yeah. We really appreciate you guys. You're not wrong. You're never going to be, you're not wrong. Unless you're like, oh, Donovan Mitchell plays for the Sixers. No, <coughs> you're wrong. He plays for the Jazz. Okay, you're wrong about that. But your opinion on California or Gavin Newsom or politics or, you're not wrong about that. It's just an opinion. You know, like I, I, I appreciate the, I appreciate the exchange of ideas. Mm -hmm. uh, going raw with Hawk. What the hell kind of name is that? First of all, welcome to the show. What the f are you? First of all, going raw. Raw. Raw and uncut. On BYU Radio. No, not on BYU. <laughs> <laughs> the original Pac-12 schools, USC, UCLA, already in the Big Ten, but Stanford, California, Oregon, and Washington will be part of the Big Ten. So they essentially moved up leaving the Big 12 behind and mediocre. Well, I mean, listen, we'll see. We'll see. They, I, I mean, you could be absolutely right about that. I don't we'll necessarily believe that's going to happen. I don't. I think there is, it's going to be three more years before we see a massive wave of reconstruction in college football. Yeah. By the way, did anybody notice, I don't know if you guys are reading the ticker or not, did anybody notice the governors of the college football playoff? met to talk about abandoning the NCAA on Monday. Good. College football is going to change. I'm yeah. telling you that now. Tanner says, LOL, Steve, don't let Mont's head get too big. Too late. Ask Mrs. Monty. Uh, Sam Winder says, wrong. Okay. Uh, Kanai Johnson says, so let's say there is no invite to the Big 12 for Utah. What's the next move staying in the Pac-12? I man? don't know, dude. I and, and that's the honest answer because I, I, I don't – there's not another – there's not another course of action. There's not like you. You where are you gonna where are you gonna recoup that money? Where are you going to? What's the plan of survival? I what? So we're gonna go. So what is was the TV deal allegedly like seven years? I think at thirty million ish a school. Obviously, you know, like you're saying, that's an average annual value. Not every school gets that, but you figure Utah is gonna get a bigger piece of the pie, of course. Um, so if you just sit there and wait and watch your conference go to shambles. That's again. That's just bad business. If if UCLA can find a way out, Utah can find a way out. There is zero question about that. And I just think that that Utah is is a great program. I think they're valued. I think that bro, what is going on, man? I don't know what's happening in my house. Nobody is home right now. Nobody is home. It's it's the two of us. Mrs. Monty's out getting her physical this morning. And there is loud, loud music playing in my house right now. Sure. I don't know. Uh, Maybe you try. Alexa, stop. No, that's not. I have no idea what that is. It is. It is. It, it was the A you, word. See, okay. Dude, this real is quick, this real quick sidebar. Real this quick sidebar. This freaks me out. I am never getting a fridge like your fridge. I'm not doing it. I'm not getting a fridge with a panel in it. And it's playing like, Alexa, stop. 
Like it's un- like, dude, I have more weird stuff that happens in this house that like what? So the music noise, like noises you can't explain, like ticking noises, like a wall was buckling in my like, <clears throat> and now it's not. It's just weird. Yeah. And then stuff like that happens. Like I don't explain it. anyway. All right, let's keep going. Here's the problem for, for Utah. Here's what's left in the pack 10. If you stay in the pack 10, okay, let's call it $30 million a year. Let's call it 40. Let, let's call it $40 million a year. Let's be really generous. You're making $40 million a year for your TV rights. You won't have, you likely won't have a full-time stream. You likely won't have full digital content. That's going to be for the next five years. So you're making, let me get this right. You're making $200 million in five years, which USC is making in two. You know. Think about that. What does this do to recruiting? Well, here's the problem. Are you flying your coaches recruiting now first class coach, private jet? Probably not, right? By the way, who's Utah's uniform sponsor? Under Armour. Does that need to change? Maybe. How is your recruiting? Probably not as good as it could have been if you were in the Big Ten, if you were in the Big 12, right? But hey, we stayed in the Pac-10. This is who we are. Okay, so your access to big games is probably less, right? Your seat at, your seat at the table is probably less because I'm assuming if the Pac-10 stays together, it opens up a huge opportunity for the Big 12. And my guess is, my guess is, that San Diego State would wind up joining the Big 12 because San Diego State's going to get picked up. Mm-hmm. And I keep hearing, the other the other school I keep hearing about is Boise State. Boise State in that blue turf. Boise State announced a massive infrastructure upgrade. They are they are redoing quite a bit of their facilities, not Our by accident. Myron. I think Boise State is another school that wants conference affiliation. And right now they're in the minor leagues. They'd like to play in the major leagues. Facilities that has to change. Boise is an exploding market of humanity. Yeah. So TV market's growing. This cycle of of expansion, Boise State's not going anywhere. Boise is going to do their deal. And I think in five years when there's another massive round of expansion, I think that's when you're going to see that that Boise State's going to join a significant conference. Yeah. Are you going to join a significant conference in five years? Because what's going to happen is you are going to continue to lose a ton of money. Um, You are going to make less than half of what schools in the Big Ten are making. Yeah. If you stay in the Pac-10. You are going to make $100 million less than Big 12 schools are making. I started having second thoughts. In that same window. You're going to make significantly less money. It's not viable. Yeah, Money makes the college football world go round, whether that's recruiting, whether that's caliber of uniforms. And Utah does a great job with uniforms. Great job. Helmets, combinations, jerseys. Yeah. Look at, but look at BYU's uniform package. Superior. Superior to what Utah's got. To what just about anybody's got. BYU's got one of the best uniform packages in all of college sports. They're a Nike school, Right. So they've got beautiful blues, all different kinds of blues, all different kinds of whites, all different kinds of blue over blue, blue over white, white over blue, white over white, like all this stuff. Yeah. So what are they doing that you're not doing? Well, they're selling exponentially more merchandise. And he will every single time. Right now, if you're the Pac-10, 
and BYU is now in the Big 12 that becomes the Big 16, who's got a better seat at the table? Who's got more access to the college football playoff? Well, I would say BYU at that point does. It's not an option for Utah to stay in the big the Pac-12. Yeah. It's not. You've you've got to move on. You've got to move on. Uh let's see. Sam Winder uh says politics and business go hand in hand. They are incompetent at business because they are incompetent at running their school system and their state. Yeah, that could sure. Absolutely could be. Absolutely could be. You know, like I just I don't know. Caleb says eight into the jazz, baby. Okay. I don't Did I miss something? Uh, New York Jazz fan says, that's why we love you guys. Great show. Appreciate that. Uh, Kurt Meyer says, business is why Tesla left California and many other businesses are leaving liberal states in droves. Could be. Could be. Um, let's see. Cam Hepler. Cam Hepler says, I have a major like itch situation. Oh, do you? Yeah. Got some ibs happening. Really? Um, <laughs> Utah's Pac-12 last hope for a playoff run. Is Utah the Pac-12's last hope for a playoff run? No, I think I think USC and Utah this year could be on a run. Why are you laughing at me? That was like <laughs> that ferocious. It's so like just so casual how you how you just were talking college football and then you're over here like itching and you're like, yeah, I've got a. By the way, I've got a small case of the ibs here. And by the way, USC is going to get paid. <laughs> guy's been through that hell yeah they have i just thought it was funny how how like smooth you were with it you were unfazed you were like yeah a little case of the ips here but yeah usc's gonna get paid and and you know like i just it just was funny that was funny listen listen <laughs> settle down uh, settle down steve peterson says minnesota in the eastern conference Jake, you see what thoughts. i mean conference realignment thank you <laughs> it happens thank you tanner says yes financial factors are bigger reasons why the pac-12 is screwed but i also believe the politics have played a role in it could be and sure. i don't disagree listen i don't disagree with the notion that you know the the same these same people who don't know how to run a conference don't know how to run a good school system like it all is this like cesspool of death if you will it all runs together Totally get it. But what I'm not really interested in is having that conversation of like, oh, well, liberals suck or conservatives are terrible people or I'm just not that interested in 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 that conversation. And I think that that uh, the Pac-10 or Pac-12 is just going in in a brutal direction. And I don't know what what the answer is. And it's very rare in sports for there not to be an answer. Like usually like, you know, we're going to talk jazz here in a minute and this TV thing. There's an answer for that. You know, yes. you have an answer for why the Yankees suck right now, right? There's an answer for that. But in this situation with the Pac-12, there's no answer. Going raw with Huck. Just just can you just say just going raw is his name? Just going, going raw. Going raw says this. It's th Thursday morning raw. <laughs> the Big 12 and the Pac-12 are in <laughs> No, the Big 12 and the Pac-12 are in bed together because they both TV deals will be similar. So y'all's minds and stop rooting against the Pac-12. Nobody here is rooting. Okay, do you? Okay, what's better for our show? Oh, the Pac-12 collapsing. No, actually, it's not. It's not. What would be better for our show is if BYU wins the Big 12 championship and Utah wins the Pac-12 championship and they meet in a playoff game of consequence. Mm-hmm. It'd be better for our show if the Pac-12 was alive and well. I'm for real. But it's not. And I wouldn't call, if it was today, 
I would value the Pac-12 media rights at $300 million a year. And I would value the Big 12 media rights at $550 million a year. I wouldn't call that equal. That's at least a $22 million difference. Yeah. I would not call that equal. Yeah. And by any way, any way, shape, or form. I would not. I just, you know, that's just me, though. And I could be wrong. You know, every, as everybody likes to point out, I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, let's see. Who who else? Before we get to jazz. Uh, Kurt Meyer says, call Devery Davis when you get ready to leave California. Yeah, see, there you go. So you can refi or you can get your mortgage. It's cool. You know. I would absolutely do that. Uh, let's see. Carl Christian says McMurphy tweets Big Ten not done expanding and targeting Stanford, Cal, Washington, and Oregon. I, I, I am not surprised by that at all. There is the other day I was talking to somebody who said the reason that they haven't announced their TV deal yet is they're trying to add more schools. Yeah, and look, I wouldn't be listen. I, who would be surprised? I mean, again, if you're the Big Ten, you have um, you have power, so you can. You, I wouldn't be surprised if you went in and tried to get those schools. I mean, frankly. Again, while we're talking about good and bad business practice, that's good business practice out of the Big Ten. That's smart. Like, you, you're you in a situation where you can read the room and say, okay, if we can add Oregon, Washington, you know, hell, even, even you know, Utah, let's say. It's just as an example. If we can add these premier brands out of the pack, that's going to give us even more of a grip on what's left of the pack and yeah. the Big 12. Because if you're the Big Ten, I know we got to get to this, but if you're the Big Ten, you need to keep control of that second place as far as power is concerned. Because SEC is one, right now Big Ten's two. You cannot, in any case, let the Big 12 inch closer to you. By the way, there's a lot of people surmising why we're, we have issues in the house. Oh, God. Giggity, good morning to you, sir. He says, the dogs are rocking upstairs. Donnie, please. Steve Peterson says, damn it, Monty, now the A word is freaking out. Sir Brandon says, ghost bots. Could be. Ghost bots. <laughs> M. Alvarez says, thanks for turning on my Amazon devices. You're welcome. Wait, did that actually happen? Did uh, us like, saying the A word turn your device on? There's a bunch of people saying it did. <laughs> uh, New York Jazz fan says, Andy Larson is upstairs spying on you guys. A lot of people lost their minds yesterday that I credited Andy Larson on a tweet. How could you do that, Monty? You hate Andy Larson. It's personal. I don't hate it. I don't know Andy Larson, so I can't hate him. <laughs> I'll drop that mother. I, I, I and, and yeah, maybe this is maybe this is the transition. I don't know, I don't know. Yes, um, yes, yes. But speaking of Devery Davis, yes, absolutely. When you get ready to leave the state of California and come back to the promised land known as Jitta, you should <laughs> you should absolutely call Devery Davis eight zero one five four three ninety six sixty six eight zero one five four three ninety six sixty six. Call him today and tell him, hey, I heard about you on the Monty Show. That really helps us. Um, Devery, you know, I was talking to a guy, um, two days ago on DM, um, DM or text. I can't remember which, who talked about how Devery Davis did a mortgage for them and without naming him talking about, Hey, you know what? He really did a good job for me. I appreciate that. Yeah. Like that's who Devery is. Devery's a guy that takes care of the people who call him at 801-543-9666. And I would encourage you um, to do that, whether you have a down payment or you don't, Devery's got programs to cover your down payment. Um, if you think you can't afford it, sure you can. Because the other thing that you need to realize is home prices are now coming down. We've seen, hey, home prices are super high, overvalued. Housing prices are coming down now. The recession hasn't fully taken effect. You have mortgage rates that make it affordable for you to get a mortgage, to buy a home, because housing prices are low. 
Mortgage rates are coming down. There's all kinds of programs. For instance, if you're a law enforcement official, if you're a police officer, no money down to buy a house. If you're a veteran, no money down to buy a house. Like you have all of these incentives to go and buy homes. Do that today. Don't wait anymore. Call Debrie Davis. Get pre-qualified. It costs you nothing to call Debrie Davis and say, hey, am I qualified to buy a $400,000 house? Am I qualified? You know, I really need another bedroom for my kids. Am I qualified to step up $100,000 in mortgage? It costs you nothing for Debbie Davis to say, yeah, sure, and here's a, here's a letter that makes you a cash buyer when you're competing to get that house. That's what Debbie does for you. 801-543-9666. Debbie Davis, NMLS number 278-545. Debbie Davis, the Davis Lending Team at Academy Mortgage are equal housing lenders. All right, let's switch gears and get into... Uh, the Utah Jazz TV deal, because I know that this really frustrated people. The Jazz announced yesterday that their TV deal is unchanged for the 2022-2023 season, which means if you're a Dish Network customer, you're SOL. You do not have access to Jazz games. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think the only option is to be a DirecTV customer because you get the NBA League Pass, you get AT&T Sportsnet, and you get to watch it on your phone. Yeah. Simple as that. I understand the frustration of Jazz fans. I completely understand it. I know that Jazz fans wanted a better TV deal. And hey, listen, if you're a Jazz fan, I understand that. You're tired of having to figure out where to watch the game. Because it's garbage. But Ryan Smith is not the guy you should be directing your vitriol at. I saw a lot of people attacking Ryan on Twitter yesterday. That's just misplaced anger. Place your anger with Gail Miller. Place your anger with the people previously who negotiated a, what is it, a 12-year TV deal that has basically locked the Utah Jazz into this position. Ryan Smith, I was told yesterday by Jazz sources, Ryan Smith wants to do a a brand new ground up TV package for the Utah Jazz. He'd like to be able for you to watch games on your phone anytime you want. Ryan Smith would like to be on every single TV carrier in the state of Utah. That's going to have to wait a year. And I am told that the Jazz will announce a new TV deal by the time this season's over. And the Jazz would like to do that on All-Star Weekend to build momentum. But there's one thing that's very clear about what happened with the Utah Jazz and their TV deal yesterday, Jake. And I think it's pretty clear. Yesterday was another loss for Ryan Smith as an ownership group. And again, it was another loss like Rudy Gobert, which I don't believe was was Ryan Smith's fault either, either, in my opinion. But Jake, I think it was another loss that was out of his control. Yeah, and I think that uh, hopefully that timeline's coming to an end. You know, as far as like things affecting him that were not decisions he made, you know, things of the past coming back to get this organization and this and this ownership team. I, I, I have to imagine it's incredibly frustrating for Ryan to have to deal with this and go through it and, and see the fan sentiment and, you know, um, and see the fans wondering about, like, what's going to take place. But again, this is why I'm going to keep, you know, banging the drum on, hey, you need to do video, you need to speak, you need to share your your thoughts. You need to share your sentiment with this jazz fan fan base. Because again, the jazz fan base is second in the league in viewership. As far as how many, how many people watch jazz games when they're on local TV, 
and the Jazz are number two in the league with a five-point share. And I think that that is a flex. Like, the only team that does more is the Golden State Warriors, you know? And so that's why I say you have a very loyal fan base, very engaged, very interested. So to me, like, cool, it's great that all the reports are saying you're frustrated, but I would like to hear from Ryan. I would. I'd like, like, we've asked him to come on the show a bunch of times, never answers, okay, totally get it. We, I understand. But at the same time, it would be great to get a, hey, Jazz fans, this is Ryan Smith. Here's what's going on. Here's what we're working towards. This is this is our mission. We understand you're frustrated, but this is what we're doing about it. That's what we what we need, and all this would get put to bed. And it's not hard. It's not it's not some difficult thing to do. It's dude with a camera, you sitting in your office, and that's it. Like it doesn't need to be more complicated than that. And that's what I think is lost on the jazz sometimes with all due respect right as the saying goes with, with all, i'm sorry did you say with all due respect with all due respect that's how the saying goes i think that it's lost on the jazz sometimes in my opinion that not everything has to be rocket science not everything has to be this like super top-notch high-level thing sometimes a jazz fan appreciates simplicity and hey uh, something happened i want to hear from my owner What's what's going on here, bud? What are we doing? Interesting. Want to uh, want to pause real quick here because Brett McMurphy of the Action Network, um, who I follow on Twitter, and I just got the notification. The notification that uh, Brett McMurphy has details on the Big Ten's uh, pending TV deal, which should be mm-hmm. announced today. Um, according to Brett McMurphy. The Big Ten, less than two months after adding USC and UCLA, has landed the largest media rights agreement in college uh, athletic history. The deal is with Fox, CBS, NBC, Peacock, and FS1 for seven years, from July 1st, 2023 through June 30th, 2030. The deal is worth between seven and eight billion dollars. The contract includes an escalator clause, meaning the deal could approach nearly $10 billion if the Big Ten's membership increases. Even after adding USC and UCLA, the Big Ten is not done expanding, sources have told Brett McMurphy at the Action Network. On Thursday, the Big Ten announced its media rights agreement, which includes splitting its football conference championship games between Fox, CBS, and NBC in 2026. The Big Ten is now pursuing Notre Dame for mm-hmm. football membership. Mm-hmm. They would also like to add Oregon, Washington, Stanford, and Cal from the Pac-12. Those plans have not changed, sources tell Brett McMurphy. Hmm. Um, that's pretty significant. That is pretty significant. So let's say they do pick up those Pac-12 schools. Let's say then that Utah goes to the Big 12, because that's what it's kind of panning out to be now that we have this. Yes, Tell us how we're wrong that the Pac-12 is dead. Because I got news is, for you. If this all is these trouble. schools leave, if all these schools leave, San Diego State's not getting it done. Right? Like, little little guy is not getting it done. So that's why I say, I, I think we're what we're really talking about here, just again, just based on that report, is we're talking about the death of one conference and the beginning of a two conference college football system, meaning you have the SEC and the Big Ten. Nobody else matters. The Big 12, great, cool, awesome. You're a distant third. 
and you have the ACC, which doesn't really do football, in my opinion, outside of Clemson. So that's why I say that this is what I was just talking about. If you're the Big Ten, you have to pounce on this opportunity. You're you're about to sign one of the 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 biggest media rights deal that's ever been done in college football. You're talking about picking up premier brands like Notre Dame, Oregon, Washington, Stanford, and that's it. It's over. You're done if you're the Pac-12. So to me, if I'm Utah, it's time to go. Like it's time to move on. I don't know what the plan is to get to the Big 12. But you need to get on that horse and you need to ride that thing into the sunset because staying in this conference is is a death knell. And, you know, I loved I loved our interview with Bob Thompson, but I don't think that that this conference can survive anymore. Bob said that they could survive without UCLA and USC. This is a different beast now, right? This is, hey, like what what would that be? 40 percent, 50 percent of your conference is gone. Something like that. That's too much. You can't survive on that. I don't know how you would survive on that. And again, uh, Brett McMurphy at the Action Network reporting the Big Ten TV rights deal is worth seven to eight billion dollars, and has an escalator clause for new members um, that could make it worth as much as ten billion dollars. That's good business. That's how things should be done. You know, so you start to see. You know, the haves and the have-nots, as all these articles have been talking about. You know, you have the SEC. You've got the Big Ten. Well, yeah. now it's time to grow. Now it's time to take that next step forward. And by the way, I also think it's not lost on anybody. If the Big Ten does this and they're able to execute and come through and pick up all these teams, is the SEC still the best conference in the land? Because I think it's pretty close at that point, right? Like, I, I think it's really close because now Oregon's going to recruit better. You've got SC, you've got Stanford, you've got Washington, you've got all the big boys from the Pac-12 outside of Utah, of course, which is a little surprising to me, but hey, it is what it is. So I just think that the Big Ten, if they do this, you're you're in really good shape, man. And I think it, it, it th- once this gets done, you know, once this gets done, then I think we have to have college football playoff expansion conversations. Now, now you got to start talking about you know, eight or 10 team college football playoff tournament because these, the Big Ten is going to recruit on the level that the SEC does and their teams are going to get better. Ohio State is better for this. Penn State is better for this. You know, the Pac-12 schools are obviously better for this. So it'll be really interesting to see how this works out. But assuming this deal gets done today, what if, what if tomorrow we wake up and do the show and the Pac-12 has been gutted of its teams or, you know, there's news like this that says, hey, that's going to happen. I, I don't know what that looks like for the Pac-12. Like I don't I don't know what you do at that point. I I don't know either. I think it is it is incredible. It is incredible to me that we're talking about the Big Ten signing a seven year deal with CBS, Fox, and NBC. And as we reported yesterday on the show, you also have this situation where Fox and ESPN are now working on a deal. Because remember, Fox owns 61% of the Big Ten Network. Right. Fox and ESPN are talking about a deal that would have marquee, big preseason games. Multiple big preseason matchups. Let's surmise it's Alabama and Ohio State in a kickoff classic type game that nets both schools millions of dollars and the TV network's huge audiences. This is Coach Saban. ESPN gets one of those games. Fox gets one of those games. I'd have to imagine NBC, who, by the way, is negotiating a deal with with Notre Dame coming up. 
I have to imagine that Notre Dame and NBC get in on that deal. Like this is money making for everybody. Yeah. And I, I, I go back and I know that everybody's saying that I'm hating on, on the PAC 12. This is money making deal for everybody, but the PAC 12. Well, and you know, what really stands out to me in this whole situation. Like, I think you make a great point and it kind of starts to stand out. Like the collaborative environment and atmosphere and culture between everybody in this big 10 situation is alive and well. And I think that's another thing that the PAC 12, or I guess what we can start calling the PAC five really struggles with, you know, like there's not this sense of, Hey, if this benefits Fox, how can it benefit ESPN and, and CBS and NBC? Like how can we all as the major four networks get together and, and make everybody in the pot more money. Because that's the thing. When you start putting numbers together, like this saying strength in numbers, that the reason that's such a powerful thing is because you're covering, I mean, like, is it unrealistic to say between those four networks, you could get a billion views? Is that oh, unrealistic? Absolutely. Right. Like, like you could get that level of viewership across the board for this deal. So if the networks are happy, the 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 players are handled the the conferences are happy why not like and this is why i think this news that we briefly mentioned earlier about more bots being in the chat uh just kidding <laughs> just kidding this is why that news earlier about you know recruiting and like just the developments that are taking place and and by the way this whole thing about how you know the NCAA is not needed anymore this this type of thing it furthers that cause, in my opinion. This is showing you that business can be done without the NCAA. They don't need, uh, again, with all due respect, you don't need old rich white guys sitting on the NCAA board to get a deal done. That's just not, like, the process. No, look at this, and look at this uh, graphic that NBC has put out. Um, if you look at what this says, I mean, NBC and Peacock to become exclusive home of Big Ten Saturday night football package beginning in 2023. Right there. Just right there. Wow. What's the, Read that verbiage one more time. The the Big Ten This Saturday is from night. NBC Sports. Yeah. This graphic you're looking at on the screen right now is from NBC Sports. NBC and Peacock to become exclusive home of Big Ten Saturday night. Big and Ten let me hide the Saturday ticker. night. Long-term partnership to include men's and women's basketball games, Olympic sports, golf, and more. This is what the Pac-12 never had. Yeah, and never look will at, have. Look at that graphic. Yeah. That is so foundationally important. This is from this is from the the NBC Sports. Yeah. NBC and Peacock to become the exclusive home of Big Ten Saturday night. Why should that stand out to you? What does that mean to you? You know what that means to you? That's a shot over the bow Yes, at, at Pac-12 after dark. That's exactly what that is. Well, I think what it says is Pac-12 After Dark doesn't exist. That's no, what it, it says does not. to me. What it says is, hey, we're going to go and poach all these schools and put an end to Pac-12 After Dark. Because remember last week what we talked about. Hey, SC and UCLA are going to the Big Ten. And the reason that for the Big Ten that matters is because they know that the, the one of the last lifelines that the Pac-12 uh, has is that late night game slot that got them a million views every single time they did it. That was the that was the numbers. That's not a made up number. That's true. They were getting a million views every single time they did Pac-12 after dark. So what's the Big Ten doing with this deal? They're saying to hell with that. We're gonna go and pick up all those schools and we're gonna have Big Ten after dark. 
And we're going to apply that same idea and that same plan to Olympic sports and female sports and golf and like all these different options. That's why this matters. Why do you think ESPN didn't get in on, on, on the Big Ten? Because it's too much money. They know, Huge. hey, we need to have our slice of the pie. ESPN has always been, hey, we got to have our thing. Whether we're talking NHL or Monday Night Football or now the SEC. We know that. And why was it easy for ESPN to get the SEC? Because CBS is in this Big Ten deal. That's why. And that makes sense to me. This is a foundational announcement in the history of college sports right yeah. now. Um, again, Big Ten TV rights deal is seven to eight billion dollars and has an escalator clause for new membership. This deal could be elevated to ten billion dollars with new members, and the seven to eight billion dollars already includes UCLA and USC. It's incredible. Already includes it. It's a I mean, clear message that you're adding the Pac-12 schools. I mean, I mean the, it's just a clear message. This is a huge, huge problem. This is a huge problem. It's over. It's. I'm telling you right now, as I have said for a month, it's over in in the in the in the Pac-12. I just don't know how you dispute it. Now. It's done. I don't know how anyone disputes it. I, I I just don't know what you do. I mean, if you think about again, I, I I said this yesterday. I'll say it again. One of the best college football games I've ever been to: Ohio State at USC, Los Angeles Coliseum. I say I'm just fired up to be here today. You're going to get that now. So this idea that we can have Pac-12 after dark, it'll be Oregon and Washington. No, we're going to get Big Big Ten after dark with USC and Ohio State. And, and you, you know, what's really interesting, I don't even think the viewer gives a damn whether it's Pac-12 or Big Ten. Does anybody really even care about that portion? All we care about is good football games, right? Like, all, like... Are you not going to watch the game because Dude. it's a Big Ten game versus a Pac-12 game? No. You're going to watch it over and over, like, every single time. We're all going to watch that. Like, that's why I say this is this is what we've been working towards for the last two weeks. We said, and again, beauty of YouTube, we say it all the time, channel lives forever, go find it. We said, I think, two weeks ago that if you're the Big Ten and you're you're looking at Pac-12 Media Day coming and you got these plans in the works with with Notre Dame and, and putting together this thing where you've got early, mid, and late games all together working together, this takes that to another level. And that's why I'm saying I just respect good business. And that's what this is. I'm no huge Big Ten fan. I never have been. Frankly, I'm not even a huge college football fan, if I'm being totally honest. This might bring me more college football fandom because I'm consistently getting relevant college football games. I can consistently get the SC Ohio State level matchup. I've been saying it for years. There is nothing I love more than like Alabama, LSU on a fall day with something on the line, right? Smokers on, breeze yeah. is blowing through the trees and you got football on. Who doesn't love that? And that's what I'm saying. That's what this does. In my, in my opinion, I just think it, it it's just the right move. It, it's incredible how this has completely changed the game in college football. I mean, yeah. I, and we knew this deal was coming. We knew the money was coming. But now that you understand NBC, Peacock, FS1, Fox, CBS, like, I mean, this is a huge deal. And now you understand that NBC Sports is the – and why this is so big for NBC – why this is so big for NBC? 
I think this all but seals the fact that NBC and Notre Dame are going to stay together. Why would you not? I think this all but seals the fact that Notre Dame, if they join a conference as a football team, is only going to join the Big Ten. Yeah. And it makes total sense for them to do that. NBC is back in college football. Yeah, and that's a great point because NBC was on its heels for a while. You know, MB, I, 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 there were questions about, like, what NBC was going to do because NBC, you know, they're not doing NHL as much anymore. Like, you have the Premier League there, but that's kind of moving, I think, if I remember correctly. Like, it's just crazy, man. This is a huge deal. Yeah, and I, I think this is why we were reporting. This is why. This is why. A year yeah. ago when we were telling you, hey, BYU's getting into the Big 12. This is happening. Hey, hey, yes. hey, this is happening. Hey, Kalani's interviewing with other schools. Kalani's interviewing with Boy, Washington. if you're Kalani, how, are, are you not? And, and at the time, we told you he was just doing it for leverage, which I totally believe he was just doing it for leverage over BYU. But are you not thrilled that you decided not to go to Oregon or Washington yeah. or any of those schools you were talking to? Yep. Renee Rocha says, I personally don't watch Big Ten football, but this kills the pack. Almost uh, also a heavy blow for the Big 12. I don't think it is a heavy blow for the Big 12. No. Because I think what this does, and Brett McMurphy – um, at the Action Network is reporting that Oregon, Washington, Cal, and Stanford are being heavily pursued by the Big Ten. All this does is leave those remaining six teams on the table for the Big 12. Yeah. The Arizona schools, Utah, like Oregon State, Washington <laughs> State. It, it just makes perfect sense. We've been, we had this conversation Absolutely. about the Big 12 swallowing up the rest of the Pac-12. Like, like that was an idea that was bandied about for a while. This totally changes it now. Now those, now the Big Ten's going to go and get those schools that were that we just talked about: the Oregon's, the Washingtons, the Stanfords. They're going to go and get the big name plates, and it puts the Big Twelve in a perfect position to take the rest. And again, I have to point out, not to hate on Utah, this is major disrespect towards Utah, because in my opinion. Utah is Oregon. Utah is Washington. Utah is, uh, like, certainly is Stanford, without a doubt. Like, they are on that level. And what are we sitting here talking about? What are we discussing? We're discussing that the Big Ten doesn't value Utah right now, that Utah is going to have to go to the Big 12, which is great. I think they'll do fine. Like, I think they'll do really well. That's great. But how long is Utah going to sit around and be on the back foot here? That's my point. If if you're Utah, you're sitting here saying, okay, so we see how this is playing out. These schools are going to the Big Ten. We're going to go to the Big 12 with probably the Arizona schools and you know whatever else is left, I guess. right? Maybe San Diego State goes to the Big 12 as well. Who the hell knows? But I just think it's incredible that Utah is not getting the respect, in my opinion, that it deserves. Yeah. It should be in that Big Ten package, and it's not. Oh, I agree wholeheartedly. And I think one of the things that you really have to consider now Again, if you're a Pac-10 team, you, now you're looking for a ripcord because now also, by the way, Commissioner Warren is in Napa um, talking with, you know, uh, negotiating on different, you know, event terms and the Rose Bowl and talking about planning for the Rose Bowl. And he's doing that with the remaining 10 teams in the Pac-12. I mean, this yeah. is, the, I mean, you're, these relationships are in place. Announcing this rights deal today is, and as you can see on on the screen, Brett McMurphy's reporting the Big Ten is pursuing Oregon, Washington, Stanford, and Cal. Uh, I, I mean, this is this is a huge, huge deal, man. Like like this is 
This is the end of the Pac-12. It's over. There's no saving this. There's no surviving this. And now if you're the UC Board of Regents, again, you met yesterday. I, I think you have very little, not none, I think you have very little recourse against UCLA. And all of this goes away if Cal joins the Big Ten. I mean, it, it is just so incredibly transformative this announcement today. Well, you know what it what it brings me back to before we get to the comments because we do I'm sure people have something to say but what it brings me back to is George Klyovkov at Pac-12 Media Day talking all that junk about how the big the Big 12 is is trying to throw lobs at us and they're insecure and they're worried, you know, that that we're going to steal their teams. I got news for you George. You got that wrong. And you look like an idiot today. You look like an idiot. And the reason you look like an idiot is because of the arrogance piece and because you thought that because you were the conference of champions, and I'm not even joking. Go, It's on YouTube, not on our channel. You can just, just search yeah. it. Go listen to the guy. The guy literally sat on the podium there or whatever and said, hey, we're the conference of champions. We're, you know, we've got more championships than all the other conferences combined and, like, tried to sell us this package on why the Pac-12 was some great conference yet here we are talking about basically that the pac-12 is on a chopping block not exaggerating the pac-12 is on a chopping block they're going to take a butcher knife and cut that thing in half half of the league is going or half of the conference is going to go to the big 10 and that's going to be the premier brands and the other half is going to go to the big 12 so wait let me get this right what what would we have uh i guess that would be the big 15 the big 16 the big 16 and then, so you would have two big 16s, essentially. Yes. Like, a, like that's what it would break out to. Because that's what the Big Ten would, that's what the Big Ten would come down to. Yeah. And and I, I think when you look at that, and I'm just texting with I a... Mean, it's wild. I'm texting with a, a TV guy I know about this, trying to figure out, I mean, um, you know, what this what this looks like. But, but I think it's pretty clear that you have a situation where I still maintain that ESPN is pulling the strings. Like that's what I'm texting with this guy about is that ESPN, because they have the most desirable platform, like you don't have to go off of ESPN's platform mm -hmm. to find any of their content. Yeah. If you're on the ESPN app, you get the .com, obviously, you get live TV, and you get ESPN+. Plus. If you're on P ESPN+, Plus, you can only do that through the ESPN app, which gives you access to the .com, the TV, the radio, yeah, man. ESPN+. Plus. Like, yep. It's the perfect model, and it's what everybody wants to be a part of. ESPN walked away. Think about this as well. ESPN walked away from this Big Ten deal. Because they already have the SEC, and I think they're very well aware that they're probably going to end up with whatever is left of the Big 12 and the, and the Pac-12. Yeah. And I think you're going to see those two conferences probably come together at some point, and ESPN's going to do the TV deal And this that. is just brilliant. I mean, I, I, I'm not trying to be, you know, um, ridiculous about this, but it's just absolutely brilliant business right here i mean this is this is clinical in my opinion you're 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 sharing resources you're you you've put the networks together to work as a team like i it's just it's what we don't get a lot in business That's right. i feel like we don't see this very much you don't see you know air quotes competitors if you will coming together for the betterment of the total package and that's I just appreciate that, I guess, when we see things like this, because you just don't see it very much. Yep. Uh, Tanner Plummer says, my, have the mighty fallen? 
Yeah, rip the Pac-12. Seriously. Exactly like, right. And yeah. it, I just don't know how you deny it anymore. There is no denying it anymore. Uh, Bayesian says, the only question is, will Utah drop their arrogance and stoop to joining the Big 12? I don't think the University of Utah has arrogance, and I don't think the University of Utah views the Big 12 as stooping. I don't view it as stooping. Uh, I, I don't think anybody views it as yeah. stooping. I, I, I really don't. You know, Utah Home Loans uh, says Pac-12 screwed themselves. Yeah, indeed they did. MH5 says there was a lot of people talking about brand value. It would appear that market size still matters a little bit more than brands. And, and that's what I'm saying. Great point. Like, it, I think when you look at Los Angeles... I, I think it's the key to survival in the Pac-12. And I, I just think when, when right now they don't have representation south of Berkeley. Yeah. And, and that just isn't going to work. I mean, you, you cannot go with that. San Diego State's absolutely critical here. Yeah. And if you are the Big 12, I don't know why today you are not ringing the phone in Tucson, in Tempe, in San Diego, and in Salt Lake City. Get on the, the east sign, send over those agreements, and get it done. Get it done. Add Utah, San Diego State, and the Arizona schools, and let's go about our business. Because the the other schools will I, have to come calling. I can't believe they they wouldn't do that. I I just uh, you not because now see the difference is yesterday there wasn't momentum right there was conversations board of regents meetings before they made themselves look like idiots you know Big Ten rumor mill about Notre Dame and this whole thing they were trying to do. But this, now you have momentum. Now you have, okay, the Big Ten's doing this. Now we got to move. Yeah. And that's the difference. The conversation just came to an end. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's over. over. It's done. It's over. And I look at the Big 12, and I, and I know this is heavily debated. I look at the Big 12 as an absolute value proposition. I think there is no doubt that this is, if you added, think about this. If you add to what already exists as a $50 million commodity, the Big 12 and TV rights land. Right, yeah. Let's just yep. use the number $50 million. I've heard it repeatedly. If you add the Arizona schools, San Diego State, and Utah, mm -hmm. you add those four, you can't tell me you're not adding $15 million. You're adding $15 million right there. Arizona alone. Can you imagine an Arizona Kansas basketball series? Can oh God, you, we can, haven't even gotten to basketball yet. Can Jesus. you imagine what this conference becomes if you add though that bat that basketball brand? If you add the Arizona basketball brand to a very, very good, arguably yes. the best basketball conference in the country already. Yes. If you add that, come on now. Arizona and Kansas. And that's why I'm saying, like, if I'm the Big 12, I'm fine. Obviously, you'd love to add Oregon. You'd love to add Washington. I think you'd really, I, I think you could take or leave Cal and Stanford, in my opinion. But you want the TV market. But if you can add Arizona schools, San Diego State and Southern California, if you can add the Pacific Northwest, Oregon State, Washington State, Utah, Colorado, why wouldn't you do that? Yep. Why wouldn't you do that? You would. I think you would do <laughs> you that. You would do that, yeah. And, and I think if you need to balance and you would obviously like to add six or eight, I mean, there's there's schools you can add. I, I just don't know why you wouldn't do that. Yeah, I don't think it's stooping. I, I have to say, like, um, I disagree with that comment. You know, again, your perspective, not saying you're wrong, but I just personally disagree. I, I, I don't think you're stooping to the Big 12. I think you're, you're, you're taking your option. Like, I, like, that's how I would be viewing this if I was Utah. I'd be saying, okay, 
This just came out, and you can't tell me that Utah and these schools weren't in the know about this. Obviously, people that are in the circle know about it and knew it was coming. But now it'll be interesting to see, like, how long do we have to wait till we get a Big 12 announcement? How long do we have to wait till we get the next steps now? Because those schools going to the Big 10 is going to be official, I'm sure, within the next week or two or whatever, maybe even less than that. And then at that point, you have to, if you're the Big 12, once the Big Ten thing happens, you got to immediately follow that up by we're adding these schools and yeah, just put and an a, end to it. A TV guy I respect said there is no, I'm sorry, there is, dadgummit with vanishing mode. I, I misfumble my phone with my sausage fingers. Be better, be you better. Get, 15 seconds maximum is not enough time to read somebody's Well, message. it's what you're used to, so it's fine. Yeah, you know, 15 <laughs> seconds of greatness. That's what your mom's used to. Yeah. Anyway, the point is, this TV guy that I, I respect who's been pretty good with his information said there's no path forward for the remaining schools in the Pacific Conference. He called it the Pacific Conference. Okay, the Pacific Conference. Cool. So he's because, basically because saying, he doesn't want to say the Pac-12. Well, yeah, and you I don't, don't want to say the Pac-10. I, we had a comment the other day on the channel that said, "Stop calling it the Pac-12 or the Pac-10. Just call it the Pac." I have to agree with that. I, yeah, I think now you just have to call it the Pac. I don't see a path so, forward. So wait, so what that means though? I want to be really clear. So that just means that hey, there's no path forward in that conference. Now you have to. Now you have to jump ship and get to the next opportunity. Vernon Sheldon Witter uh, gives us a $2 tip. Appreciate that. He says, then why do I constantly see condescending messages from Utah fans talking about how much better they are than those of us on other channels? Read your comments someday. Bro. I don't think you understand, The dude. Okay. So Utah fans are difficult to deal with. There's no doubt about that. Utah fan is... Utah fan is difficult to deal with. They, they, I mean, they are angry. They are bitter. They are mm-hmm. constantly, constantly fighting with BYU fans. And I, I Vernon, I don't think you're wrong at all. I, I don't think you're wrong at all. But we I do don't, read our comments. Like. Yeah. I, and I, oh yeah, absolutely. But I also don't think the, the folks that run the University of Utah do not believe that they're stooping down if they join the Big 12. Yeah. Fans... How do I say this gently? Because you matter on this show. There's no doubt about that. To the decision makers in big time athletics, you're meaningless. You're yeah. meaningless. All they care about is you going to the TV and watching their product. That's it. I mean, it, you're going to the games. We all know that. You're watching the games. We all know that. To them, you're you're just a you're a number on a TV set. That's it. And so are we. That's it. Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah. And and, and I think we have to we have to come to terms with that. Uh, Arlington Bears says, should Big 12 take San Diego State over Utah? I think they, the Big 12 needs to be as good of a football conference as possible, yeah. and Utah brings on-field success. Absolutely. Are we really sitting here wondering if Utah is going to be into the Big 12? Is that... Like- I don't wonder about it. I, 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 I do not wonder about it. I believe that that's going to happen. I think that's as done as done could be. Yeah. Because Utah, I don't believe, joins the Big 10. I don't think they get an invite. That just is not a good fit. They're a perfect fit in the Big Ten, in the Big Twelve, rather. Excuse me. I, I have no doubt. But you know what? I, I think San Diego State matters because of where they are and the, their building facilities, and yep. they're winning football games, and their basketball program's pretty damn good. Like San Diego State has real value, real value. Arlington Bears also says Utah has a good program. They still are the little brothers in this state. You know. <laughs> 
You know, Vernon says, then get over yourselves. Who are, what, like who I, are you talking to? Yeah, by the way? I would love to, to know who you're pointing that is. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, old man Dan Boulder says, San Diego State by a mile. I've been living here for almost 40 years in Boulder. Well, Boulder. Boulder's a little different. Boulder's a little different. I wonder where Colorado ends up. Because I don't think it's a slam dunk they get back into the Big Big 12. I really don't. Uh, Roger Sales says, remember the Pac-12 commissioner's comments during his interviews? He kept saying the culture of other teams was important. Culture equals politics. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. Um, Riley O'Brien says his feelings sound hurt. They do. Look, I... I, I but I, I, how did that even happen, though? Because <laughs> like, I, I think I think we too often times associate universities with their fans. And in Utah, we have a, a huge luxury. We have two really good institutions, more than two. I mean, we have a handful of just unbelievable schools in this state. But the ones you know about, BYU and Utah, are elite. They're elite. They're absolutely elite. Elite. That doesn't mean Weber's not. That doesn't mean that Aggie Tears is not. That doesn't mean that SUU is not. But when you look at what Utah brings to the table, beyond unbelievable academics, beyond unbelievable athletics, beyond an incredible community, I, I mean... It, Utah is a total package. Yeah. I look at BYU. I just, and again, they're going to say, oh, you're drinking the blue Kool-Aid fat ass. That could be. <laughs> but BYU is everything you want in a member. BYU brings you incredible alumni. Passionate, engaged, connected alumni. Mm -hmm. They bring you incredible financial resources. They bring you a million viewers to the set every week. More than that. They bring you a fan base that travels. Is it a global fan base? Eh, maybe, maybe not. I don't buy into that. You Doesn't can't, matter if it is or it isn't. You can't tell me there's there's guys out in the mission fields. You know, well, hey, I gotta, I gotta, hey, gotta go. We'll we'll talk about your Lord and Savior in a minute. The fourth quarter is kicking off. That's not happening. Is it a global audience on some level? BYU has an incredibly engaged domestic fan base that's damn good. Their academics are really good. Yeah. Their connections in the business community are really good. Yeah. I mean, I just think BYU has operated from a position of leverage while everybody was looking them at them as somebody that was struggling. And all along, very quietly under the under the veil of, oh, yeah, hey, man, we're just down here. Hey, don't forget it. We're that team down south. Yeah, yeah go with that message, guys. Go ahead. Yeah, swoop this. Go ahead. You're, you know. Yeah, your Pac-12 is great. Nice billboard. Cool, Bet man. You weren't expecting this one. And all along, Tom Homo and BYU are just flying under the radar. Bronco resigns. You replace him with the perfect candidate. You start recruiting. You start winning. You start spending money. Start drafting quarterbacks. Top two. You know. Their moms get on social media. You know. Yeah. You know. It's fine. All along, BYU happy to play the TDS card, I think. <laughs> Relished in it. Jumped over Texas, got into the Big 12, extended Kalani, won big games, dominated the Pac-12 last year. And all of a sudden, you woke up one day and you're like, God damn, we're that team up north. That's what happened in this state. And, and it can upset you. You don't have to agree with it. You don't have to agree with it. Yeah. But there is no doubt Utah fans fell asleep at the wheel. Oh, we beat you like 71 years in a row. Yes, yes, yes. You guys are terrible at football. Go back to the Mountain West. 
Not so funny anymore, is it? That's what happened in this state. And I don't have a, a dog in the fight. I am neither a Utah or a BYU fan. It's Not a lovely it's a lovely position to be in. I don't work for the church. I don't work for the U. Don't work for KSL. Just telling you. It's an amazing place to be. And I think as far as the fans don't matter thing, I think we need to make sure we're on the same page about that. Like you made it clear, but I want to make sure that people are on the same page and very clear. Fans don't matter at the level where you have the head of these universities making decisions. They, they're they not sitting there saying, hey, you know, yeah, we got to do this because the fans won't show up, right? Like, they're, they're not doing that. They're not, it's just not, that's just not how the conversation works. Like, on this show, you guys absolutely matter because without you guys, we wouldn't be growing at the rate we are. We wouldn't be doing what we're doing. And that's the God's honest truth. I mean, literally, like, just so we're all clear for all the new listeners— we left probably, you know, like 200000 a year, like some ridiculous number of income at our day job to do this full time. Like More you guys matter here, man. Like, yeah. And, and, and all I'm saying is that with, with, the, with the fan thing at the school level, at the tippy top, these guys making the decisions are not considering you in that decision. Not and, even a little and, bit. And it shouldn't be a thing where you get all pissy about it when we say that because that's just the truth of the matter. Yep. Tanner Plummer says, I think you're wrong, Mont. The U of U administration is extremely arrogant. Could be. Uh, Scammer Trolling says, Utah isn't going to the Big 12. They're going somewhere, and it ain't the Mountain West. Well, he's a BYU guy, though. Could be. Uh, Bazanian says, from a financial standpoint, San Diego State brings the San Diego Southern California market. Mm -hmm. Utah doesn't bring anything that the Big 12 doesn't already have. Well, I might disagree with that. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there is that Rose Bowl appearance. I think there is Kyle Whittingham. I think there is a proven track record of unbelievable football performance. You need to strengthen your football offering. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest about the Big 12. It's a basketball conference right now. Here today, Yeah, I mean, you don't have Oklahoma and Texas. You don't. And I think with what happened with Gundy at Oklahoma, that week in the conference, because I don't think he can go, I mean – I mean, I would assume if he wanted to, he could go work at Okie State with his brother. But, I mean, you're not you're not playing from a position of strength football-wise in the Big Thanks. 12. I mean, that's a God's honest truth. I mean, you're bringing in Cincy, BYU, Houston, you know, UCF. I think those are good ads. Utah, I think, nationally is above all of those. Nationally, like college football playoff-wise, is above those. You bring in Utah with those four, and you add San Diego State, now you're a much better football conference. Yeah. Now you're a much better basketball conference. Because at some point, I have to think that Utah figures out basketball. I mean, well, they're I, not going to have a choice if you're in the Big 12, man. You're going to have to figure that out. I just don't understand. Yeah, that's a different show. But, yeah, you know. Uh, Vernon says they need to change their attitude first. That they, they don't, actually. You need Utah, yeah. in my opinion. Uh, let's see. <laughs> now it's become the rain on Utah show. And I don't really know why. Utah is basically a junior college. Stop. No, it's not. Get the hell out of here Stop. with that. Come on now. Stop. That's not true. You're Brady Cook says, uh, so if the Big 12 expands, do you think they will get a TV deal like the Big 10? Probably mm -hmm. not to that valuation, but, you know. Not seven, eight billion dollars. I could see the Big 12 maxing it. It depends on who you add. Um... Are you adding San Diego State? I think that brings you that brings you a lot of value. Are you adding the Arizona schools? I think that brings you a lot of value. 
You're adding Utah. I think that brings you a lot of value. Mm-hmm. Utah can go to any field and beat any team right now today. That brings you value. I think dominating the mountain region brings you value. Mm-hmm. I think you could probably get somewhere close to $75 million. I don't. I think there's a lot of value in that. Yeah. I don't think you're getting $100 million bucks. I don't. That's just my opinion, though. Um, let's see. Scammer Trolling says the farmers in Ghana, Ecuador, and the Philippines all take Saturdays off so they can watch BYU football. <laughs> yeah. Stay on brand, buddy. <laughs> okay. uh, Mark says less than Big Ten SEC, but more than anyone else after the Pac-12 schools. Yeah, correct. I would agree with that. Probably. Stupid fly. Uh, David Caldwell says, what happened if UCLA is not allowed to join the Big Ten? I don't know that not allowed will happen. Yeah. Because I think one of the things you have to consider here is that the UC system needs the money. The UC system cannot be bailing out Cal and UCLA. And and especially if you if Cal is, is given an invitation to the Big Ten, I mean, there would be no reason to stop that. Mm-hmm. Travel is going to be a real problem. Travel is going to be a real problem. You're going to have to fly private. If you are USC and UCLA, you're going to have to fly private. Can can the UC system sus- sustain that kind of expense? Guess we'll find out. 100 milli helps that, doesn't it? I mean, even if your share 70 million, that helps that. You know, you're, you're, you're at minimum doubling what you're making now. You're telling me you're not getting 48 million bucks a year in the Big Ten? I mean, I would think you are. Travel is going to be a problem. It is going to, I mean, they presented at the Board of Regents meeting yesterday, they presented a, a demonstration about how sleep deprivation is terrible for athletes and that traveling cross time zones creates sleep, sleep deprivation. Well, welcome to the world of sports. I mean, well, there is that. I mean, is that not what professional athletes deal with? It is. I mean, but when you're when you're a college athlete, I mean, you, let's take USC. If you or UCLA, you're in the UC system. If you're UCLA and you got to go to Rutgers, what's the first? Yeah, Rutgers. And you're flying commercial to do that. Now you've lost a day and a half. And then you get there and you are you going to play a game on the same day? You're probably staying no there way. two three days. And if you're if you're being really serious, aren't you doing aren't you doing a swing that's you know an Eastern swing? Hey, let's in basketball, let's go play Rutgers and then Michigan State and Michigan. Maybe we stop in Chicago and play Northwestern. I I have to think so, right? Because now if you look at the footprint of the Big Ten, they've got to come out west, but you need travel partners. You, you need people regionally that can help you facilitate that. My guess is part of the plan for USC and UCLA is that they already know that Washington, Oregon, Cal, and Stanford are going with them. Yeah. Has to be. That'd be my guess. Because you need breaks from travel. Because right now, even going to Omaha, you're going to play Nebraska, going to play Iowa, Iowa State, that's still days of travel. You're talking about... You've got to fly private. You have to. Yeah. You have to charter. Yeah. There's just no. There's no way to do that. If you. It, but again, think about the cost of that. Are you bringing the band? Are you bringing all your tutors? Are you bringing all your academia with? I mean, you have to. 
You have to fly private. That's yeah, probably two planes. You have to fly private. There's just no way. And that's why I think it's imperative that you have BYU and Utah play every year. If you join the Big 12, now you got to go to Florida. Yeah. Now we got to go to Cincinnati. I mean, think about that. If you're adding, I mean, you don't care about going to play in Texas. Texas isn't a haul from here. But Central Florida is a haul. Yeah. It's a haul from here. Iowa State, Ames, Iowa is not exactly destination travel. Mm-hmm. Right? That's why I bring up Iowa and Iowa State together. You have one in the Big 12, you have one in the Big 10. You know, but it just is not comfortable. It's not convenient. That's why Texas and Oklahoma and the SEC, that's not a travel problem. That's not a travel problem. You're not going coast to coast. Texas to Alabama. Well, maybe that's what college sports needs to figure out, specifically football and basketball. Maybe they need to figure out how to go coast to coast. Like, maybe that's part of the requirement of taking the next step. Yeah. You know, like, that. I just it's just part of the beast. Yeah, talking about the breaking news this morning that the uh, Big Ten – has signed a seven-year deal that's right now worth seven to eight million dollars starting billion. in twenty twenty or billion dollars, excuse me, starting in twenty twenty-three. Um, with CBS, Fox, and NBC, and NBC immediately announced on social media that NBC and Peacock will be the exclusive home of Big Ten Saturday night. Man, is that exciting? That starts in twenty twenty-three. USC, Michigan. UCLA, Ohio State. I mean, think about that in basketball. Yeah. Think about what UCLA brings to the Big Ten in basketball. I mean, think about the brands in that conference. Big 12's got to act, man. All right, a couple more on this because we got some good lifestyle stuff to get to. Uh, Renee Roca says um, the TCU should have never been added to the Big 12. The Dallas-Fort Worth TVs are already watching Tech UT and, and the Ag, short-sighted. Well, but see, I think the Big 12 can correct that by adding Dallas because I think, again, if you're, a, if you're a Texan, you know the difference between Fort Worth and Dallas. That's not the same market. I would, If I'm the Big 12, I'm, I'm trying to dominate the state of Texas. Give me SMU. I'd add SMU every day. And I know that I get my ass kicked routinely for this every time I say it. I would absolutely add SMU. Academia, great law school. I know it's a small school. Okay, great. Apparently, small schools are doing a little better these days. Give me Dallas. Give me Houston. Give me Fort Worth. Give me Lubbock. I'll dominate the state of Texas every day. There's, I don't know if you guys know this. They play a little football down there in high school. I want it. Right, come on. Talking with Raphael Podcast. On PBS Radio. Would it be better to do a massive redraft of all 124 college teams and give them their own divisions just like that tweet you shared 14 hours ago? Could be. Yeah, probably not a terrible idea. Uh, my jazz fan says 275 watchers. Let's hit that like button. Please do give us a thumbs up. It really helps the channel grow. Uh, absolutely helps the channel grow. Thank you. My jazz fan. Luis Carlos Diaz says hands down San Diego state better than Boise. Yeah. San Diego. I think once Boise has their facilities in place, we're going to have a different discussion right yeah. now. I think they need time to build that infrastructure. Uh, let's see. Uh, Top Junkie says, in meetings all morning, boys, just stopping by to say, what's up, my Utah brothers? Brothers! Listen here, brother. It's brother. Good to see you, Top Junkie. Appreciate that very much. Brandon Avant says, no, do not bring SMU. Dallas does not care about SMU. Yeah, it does. 
Yeah, it does. It does. Uh, Steve Gilt says, rumor has it the Big Ten has their sights on Miami. How amazing would that be? <laughs> How amazing would that be? I'm sure that, Man. that buddy, Mario Cristobal, <laughs> would love to coach against Oregon. Would love it. I'm sure he would. Do you believe in Mario Cristobal at Miami? Mm, I believe in Cristobal. I don't believe in Miami as a program. They I have don't. some. You want to talk about weird politics? Yeah, the that's s- Miami, though. I mean, come on. Dade County and Miami have some odd political. Wade operatives. County, Wade County, Florida. Yeah, Wade County uh, is really interesting. In, in all seriousness, Dade and the, the like the the people that control that that's some weird stuff. Renee Roca says absolutely no need to add SMU, none whatsoever. I live in Dallas Fort Worth. No one cares. Well, because you're not. Anyways, uh, Eric C says, what the F happened to James Knight? I don't know. James Knight doesn't like college football. Uh, Renee, agree. Brandon Avant says, all I care about with SMU is they bring the city of Dallas. They bring the Dallas Metroplex, really. They complete the Dallas Metroplex. So uh, let's see. Steve Moser says, I've got 99 problems and they're all loft balloons, brother. Yeah. 99 loft. You don't know what that is, do you? Do you? Do you know what that is? No. It's a song. Uh, Tanner says, well, Mon, everything about Florida politics is screwed up. Well, again, not here for it. You know, not here for it. All right. Huge morning of news. Uh, Keep bringing your comments. We appreciate that. Please, again, give us a thumbs up and a like. And if you're new here, please subscribe. It really does help the channel grow. We're live and local every morning at 6.30 Mountain Time, 8.30 Eastern, 7.30 Central, and 5.30 Pacific, where the Pac-12 is dead. Yeah. Um, Love talking to you guys. Appreciate you being here. Uh, I want to get to this radio topic because I think a lot of us, a lot of us have, have all the feels on this. So I've worked in sports talk radio for years, since I was 16 years old. Decades. I think I was actually physically on the radio for 30 years. I worked at ESPN. I worked at Sporting News. I won a Murrow Award at KGO and KNBR in San Francisco. Like, I've had a great career. We do not work in radio now by choice. And yesterday was a perfect example of that. So yesterday around 1 o'clock, mm-hmm. we get a phone call. From one of the local radio folks mm-hmm. or people who are involved with the local radio folks. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, uh, you know, Monty, have you thought about, you know, bringing the show over here? <laughs> I saw it. You know, they're talking about making changes. This guy's telling me, you know, they're talking about making changes. Your name's come up like, you know, we see what you guys are doing. Have you thought about bringing your show over here? Yesterday afternoon, I kid you not. Yeah. Out of the blue. And, we, and I was like, nah, you know, we have big, big things working like the next two months, you know, like yada, yada. Like we have all this stuff in the works. Like, you know, we're out of the business by choice, you know, like whatever it was six months ago now, what is it? August. Yeah. Right around my birthday. One of the other radio groups called and was like, Hey, you know, and it's just not who we are right now. And so then it's like, okay, cool. We're moving on. Like, then last night, uh, I'm I'm getting messages from a buddy of mine. Hey, you know, I lost my gig here in Milwaukee. Can you, you know, do you know anybody? Any word? Please keep me in mind. And so a company called Odyssey, 
which is one of the biggest companies, radio companies in the country. They own over 250 radio stations. Laid off hundreds of talented talk show hosts yesterday. Hundreds of people lost their jobs. And I'm not talking about, you know, Poughkeepsie. Or SMU. Thank you. Thank you. I'm talking about Milwaukee, Wisconsin, where they cleaned out an entire radio station and just flipped a switch and turned on CBS Sports Radio. I'm talking about Pittsburgh. I'm talking about major markets. And it turns out they're doing this because their stock price is too low. They're doing this because their board is upset that their profit margin's not higher. So let me get this right. You laid off a guy in Minneapolis who's been there 20 years and has always been top rated. You've made money on that guy, but we've got to get our stock price up, so I'm going to let that guy go. You want to know why I don't work in radio? That right there is why I don't work in radio. It's not a matter of could we or should we. The answer is no, we should not. And yeah, we absolutely could, but we're not going to. And I'm curious, everybody listening to this show, all 302 people, like how much talk radio do you listen to? Mm -hmm. Because I used to be a daily consumer. And one of the reasons we do this full time now, this is our, our living now. One of the reasons we do this full time on YouTube, digitally, streaming, is because we control it. We sell our own show. We don't work for anybody else. We're not affiliated with the church. We're not affiliated with the jazz or the utes. We're our own. We're unaffiliated. We are unbiased. Untouchable. And that's gone away. In, it, it, like here in Salt Lake City, that's not, the, not none of that exists. There is no accountability from the media to the teams. So the Jazz operate without question. Nobody asks tough questions. Mm-hmm. Nobody holds the Utah Jazz accountable for anything. Players, their their radio situation, their TV situation, nobody holds them accountable for anything. Facts. BYU is is gold in this town. The Utes, nobody nobody is asking, hey, what are you guys doing? Hey, what's the situation here? Who's going to call Mark Harlan today outside of me? Who's going to call Mark Harlan today and say, hey, what are your thoughts on this Big Ten thing? Are you guys actually in the works? What are you guys doing? Now, is he going to talk to me? Probably not. But you're damn skippy, I'm going to call him. Mm-hmm. How many other people are going to do that? Because the Trib's not going to do that. Des News not going to do that. Mm-hmm. That's just the culture here. So the talk radio is essentially soulless here. There, There's just not. But we're talking about WFAN, the fan in New York. They're talking about major layoffs at the fan in New York. You're talking about the Michael K show and at ESPN Radio in New York that I listen to pretty much every day. Mm-hmm. You're talking about the score in Chicago that I listen to every day. Like, is talk radio dead? Like, what radio do you listen to? I don't. Legit, I don't. I'll tune into local, like, occasionally. You get pissed when I turn it on in the car. Yeah, I I don't. I have no problem saying it again. I'm not scared to say I don't enjoy Jake and Ben. I don't enjoy, like, like DJ and PK are dead to me. I don't listen to them. I don't relate to them. I, you know, it's not a personal thing. I just think they're too slow, and they don't understand how to do topic-driven radio that keeps people, that, that has, 
you know, that, that it, the, you know, excuse my French, but has balls to the conversation. I don't want, like, I don't want, oh, well, hey, you know, ESPN, like the other day, Jake and Ben are doing a thing. ESPN said that, that the Jazz are going to do over under 26 wins. Let's go through the entire league and see what we think the Celtics are going to do. Nobody in Salt Lake City gives a damn about the Celtics. Nobody cares. What do we care about? Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, Danny Ainge, Ryan Smith. Those four names. Dude's not even on the team anymore. And he's still a bigger conversation than than anything else going on in the organization. Right? Like, that's what people care about. And so, for me, what do I listen to? I don't. I don't. I, I listen to our show because... We need to listen to make sure our quality is good, to make sure that our topics are good, that we're having good conversations, because that's what we do, right? That's why I listen to our show. Um, I when I when I worked at the old Yelpatoria, I'd listen to Rome a little bit sometimes. Like I still think he's good every now and then. Maybe a little bit of cowherd. Maybe a little bit of cowherd. Like you know, but cow, even with cowherd, there's still some burnout there. Like I, my biggest thing right now in radio is that people just get on the show and turn the mic on. They just get on the radio and they turn the mic on. And that's why you don't keep listeners. And the other problem is in radio, there's no analytics. I don't give a damn what anybody says. You're not in radio able to tell me how many people are listening to you right now while you're talking about the the, the death of radio or the Big Ten or the Pac-12. You can't do that. On YouTube, I can tell you right now, we have a whole dashboard that'll tell us how many people are listening, how long they listen for, like where they are. It's a Google yeah. property. That's the difference. And I think, you know, that's why, so that's why I say it's not that I hate radio or that I hate anybody here. It's just not enjoyable for me. I truly just don't enjoy it. And, and by the way, if I did enjoy it, I would listen. I would listen. That's why I listen to Jim Rome a little bit, you know, here and there, like when I could, because I enjoy random stuff like some dude calling in, acting like a, a dog's voice. Like, those little things, while it's not necessarily hardcore sports talk, it's funny. That's what we don't get here. Yeah, and I, I think the struggle for me in particular is that I, I agree with there is it just a straight-up lack of talent, but there's a lack of want to do excellent radio every day. Yeah. I agree with you. Like the the I've I've been really fortunate in my career to be around some of the best like Howard Stern's program director at NBC was my boss, a guy named Al Brady Law. When I was in St. Louis, Al Brady Law, every morning, I was the morning drive host, stood in my face and screamed at me every day. And, and he said made, what? He, he, he talked about, I mispronounced a name. One of the reasons that I'm so, you know, specific about trying to get people's names right. I mispronounced somebody's name. And in St. Louis, when I first moved there, the, new, the name of the newspaper in St. Louis is the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. It's not the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. There's a, a beat there. It's the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. And I wasn't saying it right. And he told me, hey, you need to say it this way. Okay, no problem, man. And like we sat there and we actually practiced it. So I go on the air the next day and my co-host Dana Daniels, wonderfully talented talk professional. Dana Daniels and I are talking and I mispronounced it. Like didn't even realize I did it. I came out of the studio to go to the bathroom and he was standing outside the door mm -hmm. and he followed me into the bathroom and yelled and screamed at me about mispronouncing it. And then we, 
I remember like zipping up. Like he was standing right here. I'm taking a leak. And this guy is standing right here yelling at me. And I went back into the studio and I got to tell you, I never got that name wrong. And I never missed a break time. Like one of the things I'm a huge believer in and one of the things I love about our platform here on YouTube is I don't ever have to take a break. when I, I, I read commercials when I want to. We end the show when we want to. Like it's, what time is it? It's nine o'clock straight up here on the Monty Show. Usually we'd be right back starting the hour. One of the things that drives me crazy is in radio, it's not hard to win. But there's little things you have to do and the people in this town don't know how to do it because they've never had oversight. They've never been trained. Yeah. They've never been taught. They don't understand the portable people meter. They don't understand how to manipulate the ratings game. When I worked at 1320K Fan in Salt Lake, legit, it's history. Go back and look at it. We were beating them in the morning within four months. Will Smith, Ben Wilson, and I, Monty in the morning, we were beating DJ and PK. Ben and uh, Gunther and Ben in the afternoon, we made one small tweak to that show and they started beating the afternoon, the big show. Like, because it's not hard when. Look at, dude, look at the best of the valley sign. Like, yeah, dude, bro. That's not like this sign right here. That we were on the air in Phoenix less than a year and we were voted the best talk show on the radio in Phoenix within a year. That doesn't mean we were like, I think we do a great show, but that's me. Obviously, I'm going to say that. But why did we actually win that? Because we were we were disciplined and consistent. And that's why when you come here, you get what I call topic driven radio. We're yes. not doing, hey, what color is the sky today? type radio where we just turn the radio on or we turn the mic on or the stream on and we're like well and, and you have these long pauses and like we don't do that dude do you guys, I, I and and i want you guys to understand since we're talking about it i'll share this we get up i i get up at 4 15 every day and we work legit work till 10 o'clock every night to make sure that this show stays quality because we don't have the luxury wow. of being on espn 700 or 1280 the zone we don't get that luxury Look at my guy and donuts. What's up, you, dude? He speaks directly into my soul. Okay. Rome was okay on the mighty 690 with Hacksaw. Show me your lightning bolt! Dude, the mighty 690. Do you remember Hacksaw? You don't. No, that was before my time. Southern California, you owe me money. Like, that's a radio personality. Did you like Hacksaw all the time? No. But... Lee Hacksaw Hamilton is a personality. Yes. Look at David Vassay with the Dodgers broadcast yesterday. Mm -hmm. David Vassay is a guy that I know a little bit from my time um, in Los Angeles at Extra Sports 1100 or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. David Vassay is the Dodgers sideline reporter now. And David Vassay is in Milwaukee with the team. He broke his arm going down the slide at Miller Park. And they made great content out of it. After the game, he's interviewing the player, and the player says to David Vassay, the reporter, we won this game for you, man. We heard you broke your arm going down the slide. Like, it's personal. And then he lifts his arm up, and he's got a cast on it already, bro. Like and it, it's, it's fun radio. It's not boring. Yeah. Right? And, and honestly, to your point about our schedule, yeah, we get up at, I get up at 4.30 every day. And the first thing I do is I read headlines. And I read all my Twitter DMs, and like, I... I 
But the night before we go to bed, we're prepping, we're reading, we're, hey, we're going to talk about this like we text back and forth. Hey, we're talking about this and we're talking about that and we're doing this and hey, here are the talking points on that. Like we prepare the show. This isn't some kind of guessing game, bro. We know what we're talking about. Anyway, all of this to say a lot of people I know lost their jobs in talk radio this week. Yeah. And so when people say, well, you guys are a bunch of hacks, you can't even get a job. We could. We said no. It was so apropos almost, yes. so poetic justice yesterday. Yes. That dude called us and was like, hey, you know, we you know, we want to make some changes here locally. And, you know, talking about the, you know, hey, you know, we want to make some changes. Have you guys thought about, have you, you know, are you got, you know, it's like, no, we're not. And we, that's we, why. And we haven't. And that's you why. Know. Anyway. Uh, let's see. Parish Duggar says you guys missed the super chat, but I still I missed your super chat. It usually notifies me. I saw NY Jazz fans. Hang on, where's your super chat at, buddy? David. Oh, there. Okay, David Coldwell. Caldwell gave us five dollars. David, appreciate that. Um, where is your super chat, dude? Vernon Sheldon. I saw that. Vernon gave us two dollars. Yeah, we read that one. Yeah, where is your super chat, man? I if I missed it, I'm really sorry. We try our our very very best, and we usually don't miss them. No, it you, it notifies me. It yeah. tells me there it is. Parish Duggar two dollars says so. Stephen A just confirmed the Jazz do want RJ. Yeah, he was saying that the other yeah yeah. By the way, did you uh, we started the show with this? Speaking of one of the the more controversial things we always get lit up for is you guys make up stories and sources. Yeah. Anybody see what else Stephen A. reported yesterday? Stephen A. Smith said yesterday, hey, I talked to the Knicks. Leon Rose is frustrated because Danny Ainge wants six first-round picks. You know. Hmm. Well, I mean, I don't know. Has anybody else reported that? That Danny Ainge frustrated Leon Rose and that Leon want, or that Danny's asking Leon for six first-round picks? Well, we've been saying that for three months or oh, whatever. That's it's been. right. We've been like for how long, however long it's been. Since July 1st, when the when the Donovan Mitchell stuff started. So my point just is with this radio thing, this is the issue. This is the issue. Yes. When you do lazy radio and you're not plugged in, like, I, what, you don't leave your listener anywhere else to go. But Well, and what it does is it damages the rest of the business. Yeah. Because people are used to now lazy radio. Dude, they're, it's they're Michael used K, to, bro. Like, it's WFAN. Like, these are legendary stations, like, man. Uh, again, the only local show that I actually listen to regularly is Spence. But the problem with Spence on ESPN 700 is that Spence puts on Elliot Fall, the general manager of RSL, and then we all go to sleep. <laughs> Like you put on writers every day. Like, and that's the other part is that you have to be like, work hard, yeah. work hard. Yeah. You, like we've, we've, anybody can talk to the writer, talk to the athlete, get me an athlete, get me a principal. Like we had a rule when we were on the radio, we didn't talk to writers. We do not put writers on our show. You see who we put on our show. You're not here for, for a writer's opinion. You're here for our opinion. Or somebody who is more plugged in than we are. A Micah Hanneman, a Bob Thompson. Like, those are the people we put on the show. We don't just throw on. We could have a writer on the show. Ever. We could do a Stuart Mandel. We could have, you know, I, w I would venture 
I, I don't know if Andy Larson would come on, but I would think any of the beat writers in this town would come on. I would think any of the beat writers around the NBA would come on. Maybe the beat writers in this town won't come on. I don't know. We're not asking. We're not asking. We're not. Yeah. Because we don't do that on this show. We put on coaches, players, executives. Mm-hmm. We put on people who can further a conversation. Anyway, Justin Salas uh, gives us four ninety nine. Thanks for all you do. Listening to you guys while in bed, drugging up while I wait for these kidney stones to pass. Oh, oh Jesus. Damn. Dude. Love the quality entertainment. Man, sorry about that, buddy. Uh, Jackson Heaton says, I slowly became a daily listener of you guys as far as jazz news goes. I've agreed with everything you say. Appreciate that. Uh, let's see. Uh, Top Junkie says, ah, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Mike and the Mad Dog radio program. I miss those days. Yeah, me too. I miss Mike North on the air in but Chicago. I miss Steve Dahl on the air in si- Chicago. Uh, signature radio personality. Dude who was consistent, disciplined, gave you that it factor in the conversation every day. Doesn't exist anymore. No. Doesn't exist. No, it's brutal. Not on the radio anyway. It's brutal. Um, tell us who you guys talked to yesterday. I'm not doing that. No. I'm not doing that. It's not how it works, man. It's not how it works. All right, a couple other things before we bail out of here. Yeah. So I had an incident with the neighbor last night. <laughs> this is an interesting story. Yes. So one of the things that I struggle with is reminding you on a daily basis that we are giving away a trip for two mm-hmm. to see BYU and Notre Dame at Allegiant Stadium for the Shamrock Series. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is subscribe to this channel and then go to any of the five Utah locations for Barbecue Pit Stop or check them out online at bbqpitstop.com. They're in Layton, Lehigh, Logan, Salt Lake City, and St. George. Barbecue Pit Stop. There's a box on the counter that has the BYU Notre Dame logos on it. It has our picture on it. Just fill out the slip, drop it in the box. Then on September 17th, come see us at the Barbecue Pit Stop in Lehigh. And at halftime, we're going to pull the winner's name as we watch BYU in Oregon on September 17th at the Barbecue Pit Stop in Lehigh. We're going to smoke some wings and pizza. Mm -hmm. It's going to be amazing. And then we're going to give that trip away. But go into Barbecue Pit Stop and say, hey, I heard about you guys on the Monty Show. I want to enter that contest. By the way, can can you sell me some Kinder's taco seasoning? Dude, it's so good. Like. It is. And, and, and I'd be talking about this seasoning, whether they were with us or not, whether Barbecue Pit Stop was with us or not. The Kinder Italian Seasoning Blend. Bomb, dude. Bomb. Go to for chicken wings. Oh, man. But they have every sauce, every spice, every blend, every rub that you need. Go check them out. BBQPitStop.com. Are you ready to get into a smoker? Now, I know that smokers are intimidating. But I'm here to tell you it's not intimidating when you buy it at Barbecue Pit Stop, bbqpitstop.com, because they'll teach you how to use it. Yeah. If you're about to do your first brisket, call your Barbecue Pit Stop guy and say, hey, man, I'm about to drop this brisket in some brine. Or, hey, how do I, you know, what can I do to That's put a literally rub on what this? we did. We Because we didn't know, I didn't know anything about smokers. Like, literally, I had no idea. So we called them. We were just like, hey, like, you know, we're interested in a smoker, but we don't know anything about it. Don't know how to use it don't know anything about pellets and don't know how to cook something with it. And we got the education. Yep. Use these pellets, do this, do that. Hey, let your brisket sit overnight in this much water and, you know, mixture or whatever. When it's done, when it's done, wrap it in, wrap it and put it in a a cooler. Let it, let it, you know, rest, rest. Yeah. Barbecue pit stop. 
Uh, BBQPitStop.com, Leighton Lehigh, Logan, Salt Lake City, and St. George. Tell them you heard it on the Monty Show. All right, let's talk about the neighbor. Yeah. Um, because we had an interesting interaction with the neighbor. Now, before you get into what happened, what yes. do you think of the neighborhood you live in? Overall? Oh, I love it. I love it. You, I live. You generally like the kids, usually, like, you know, the feel of it. Yeah, we live in Daybreak in South Jordan, Utah, and it's a great neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And we have a beautiful home, and we have great neighbors. I love our neighbors. And there are kids everywhere. There are kids running around. There are all kinds of stuff. So yesterday, it's about 5.30, and I'm sitting on the couch chilling. Day's over. We're getting ready to figure out if we're going to eat dinner. Probably not. Hey, we'll have some yogurt. We'll do this. Mrs. Monty's like, you know, I think I'll make some oats. Okay, I'm going to flip on episode two of Hard Knocks. Um, everything's good. Mm -hmm. Mrs. Monty's making the oats, and I hear this bang on the front door. And then I hear another bang on the front door. And so I pull up the ring doorbell camera. And the neighbor's kids are sitting in a car throwing garbage onto the grass, onto the midway. And then they're throwing peaches against the front of my house. I'm like, what the hell? And then they speed off. So we take the, the video and my wife's like, let's, let's go talk to this person. Okay. So we walk around, knock on the door and her dogs go crazy. I mean, they go crazy. Okay. So she has a ring doorbell as well. And so she's trying to talk to us through the ring doorbell. Dogs are too loud, can't understand it. But eventually she comes to the front door. And she's only wearing a towel and she is soaking wet. And she says, you know, I'm just trying to, I, I'm trying to enjoy a bath. These dogs are going crazy. What's, what, what, what do you, what do you need? And, and we tell her, well, hey, you know, I think, you know, you're, your kids and their friends threw some trash out on our lawn and threw food at our house. And I show her the phone with the picture and she immediately gets on her phone and calls her friend, her child and says, you get your ass home right now. You can't be doing this. And she gets off the phone with her child and she starts crying. And I'm like, Whoa, are you okay? And she's like, you know what, man, I've had it. I've had it with these teenagers. I'm so thankful they went back to school today. These dogs won't start bark stop barking, and I'm just trying to enjoy a bath. Terribly vexed. And she's just, you can see, she's in that moment where she's had a long summer. She's got these kids. She's got these dogs. Yeah. She's at her breaking point. And so I was yelling and screaming at her. No, I wasn't. And so I said, hey, you know what? This is no big deal. Go enjoy your bath. You know, like, I, I'm, you know, I, we had obviously we had no idea. This is no big deal. Nothing was broken. We just wanted to let you know. And she's like, okay, you know, I appreciate that. Let me know if it happens again, please. I'm, I'm really trying to wrangle these teenagers. It's been frustrating and I really appreciate you guys coming over and talking to me about it. And so she goes back, we close the door. She goes and does her thing. We're walking back to our house and the car pulls up again. And so I just walked over to the car and I said, Hey, you know, man, this is, your mom is really upset. Like we caught her when she was taking a bath and the dogs. And I was like, all I want you to do is pick this up. And the girl, the daughter is in the back seat. And she says, well, it's, it's this kid in front. And this teenage boy pops out of the car and he's like, hey man, I'm really sorry. And, and I said to him, you know, like this isn't that big of a deal, man, but I want you to understand like this could be a thing. This is a crime. 
This is a, if you'd have broken a window, like this is a crime. And my wife was saying, you know, you guys, they could have just flown under the radar. If they hadn't thrown their trash out of the car, even if they hadn't thrown the fruit, these pit, they had these big peaches that they threw against our house. If they hadn't thrown the peaches against the house and driven away quietly, we would have never had any idea. Catch me outside. How about that? But now here you are. You're probably 16, 17 years old. And you want to enjoy that rebel freedom. And it just goes to show you, like, I don't know how I could have handled that situation differently. I don't think there was. I think he handled it fine. I mean, I wasn't there. But you know, I didn't. I, I wasn't I, upset. I never yeah. yelled at anybody. And I just said to that boy, I said to him, hey, man, I just don't want you to get in trouble. You know, like, just pick this up and, and let's go about our day, man. I, this is no big deal. I, I didn't. And I said to the girl, I didn't mean to cause problems for you. I'm really sorry. Like, your mom's really upset. She's frustrated. I didn't mean to cause problems for you. And she's like, yeah, it's cool. And it's just like, yeah. this, is, this is what I hope. And the reason I bring this up is I, I hope on some level that as teenagers, we thought better of this. But I can be honest with you, I didn't. Yeah. My moment in time came when I was 16 years old, I think, and probably younger than that. And I was ding-dong ditching with my friend Keith Horowitz. Mm -hmm. And I've told this story before. We thought we were really cool and we had flashlights and we had his dad, Keith Horowitz's dad, had a really nice knife collection, like a hunting knife collection. And I want to say we had hunting knives. And he lived back, we lived in Lincolnshire, Illinois. Mm -hmm. And he lived like back in the woods a little bit. And there were houses sprinkled throughout the woods. Really nice homes, right? And so, of course, we were out back in the garage and we strapped on those hunting knives and we had our big, you know, flashlights. And it's real. Yeah, it's like 10 o'clock at night. And Keith lived off of this really long paved road. And I lived across that road takes you to a big road that I lived across next to this lake. And so we decide in our infinite wisdom as 16 year olds, right? That there's no better plan that night than to walk through the woods and ding dong ditch people's homes. Yeah. I guess I'll have to figure something out. I mean, why wouldn't you do that? Yeah. So we walk up to this guy's porch. I vividly remember he had, um, pine steps like these reddish yellow pine steps walked up the pine steps rang the doorbell turned and ran but I remember running into the post and I dropped my flashlight and the door opened and I took off running now I don't know what happened <laughs> but of course I'm going to go back and get the flashlight <laughs> so we circle back to get the flashlight and we walk in front of the guy's house. Don't see it on the ground. I know I dropped it there. So we start walking away and all of a sudden the flashlight turns on from behind us and there's this guy yelling. And he, he I remember him cursing. I don't remember what he said, but he was like, I'm going to F you up or whatever. And we just start booking it. Yeah. And it's about a quarter of the mile off of that long road. Right. We're running for our lives, right? He started chasing us. Oh. <laughs> I get out to that long paved road and I am just booking it and I can hear him catching me. Now, Keith is a cross country runner. So he go <laughs> like he's probably 15 yards in front of me. Oh my God. dude! And I am running and I'm actually in good shape at this point. I'm a soccer player and a baseball player. Like I'm running for my life. 
and this cat, this cat is catching me, and he's yelling. I'm gonna get medieval on your ass. And I have this dream occasionally, where I can see him running with the flashlight in his hand mm-hmm. because the light keeps going by my head, right? Like the light, yeah. the beam of light from the flashlight keeps going by my head, right? And so I just keep running, and I am dying now. Yeah, I am ready to give up and die. Is this the dagger? And I just, but I keep running and he throws the flashlight at me, hits me on the right shoulder. And I remember hearing the flashlight skid off the side of the road. Yeah. And I just kept on running. Yeah. And I could hear that he stopped and I just kept on running. And then I saw Keith turn left (laughs) over this little bridge, turns left. And he knew this path, obviously it was a path we had taken our bikes down. And we run down this path through the woods. Yeah. That takes us all the way, like two miles out of our way. Right. We circle back and we're fine. Terrified. (laughs) Terrified. It was one of those moments as a kid where I was thinking to myself, man, what if that guy had caught me? What if that guy had caught me? I'm screwed. And I've dreamed about that for the rest of my life. Yeah, man. Like That's crazy. But that's what you were doing as a that's kid. That's what I was doing when I was 16. What are these kids doing? They're throwing pe- peaches at houses. You know, thankfully not hitting a window. Yeah. But now you get caught on ring doorbells. And we take phones and show your parents. Yeah. You know, like, I, just, problem. I just hope that we as parents... And you're a virgin and you have no sperm in your body, so you're never right, going to have kids. Right. But I hope we as parents, I hope we as parents show what they do. Wow. How about this? Uh, Numura, Numra, Numra gives us a $100 tip. Damn, bro. What are you? Wow. He says, hi, guys. Go Ravens. I love Ravens. Go Ravens. I'm going to be straight up, bro. On the right, your haircut is fire. Wait, Would that be so- you? I guess. I don't know. Uh, I want it. I'm going to the barber tomorrow and need instructions to give the guy. Could you turn your head a little to the, a little uh, bit so I can see the back of your neck? Thanks. The back of? No, you don't want to see the back of my neck no, right now. Here's okay, the instructions. So here's what happened today. What happened this morning? Okay. So this happens to me about once a month. I admit. This happens to me about once a month. Uh, legit. I'll be, because like I said earlier, we I get up, I, my alarm intentionally goes off at 4.15, and then I get out of bed at 4.30. So today, I woke up at 3.45 and was like, great, I got about a half hour here, I'm going to close my eyes, alarm's going to go off, I'll be good to go. So 3.45 turned into 4.52 real quick, and... And I usually come over here to do the show at 5 o'clock. That's usually my and arrival you're, and time. And by the way, you're usually really well buttoned up. Yeah. Really well buttoned up. Yeah. Yeah, I'm usually prepared. That wasn't the case this morning. I, w- I swear to God, I woke up at 4.52 and went full freaking like Mission Impossible Code 10 abort status. I woke up and I was like, holy shit, it's 4.52. <laughs> I have to leave in three minutes. And I'm laying in bed half asleep. So it's funny you bring up the haircut because I'm getting my haircut Friday. Or, yeah, tomorrow. Jesus, tomorrow's Friday already. Jay Taffa, our guy in downtown Daybreak. Jay Taffa in downtown Daybreak is the guy who cuts my hair. At Dave's Barbershop. The reason 
I love my hair to be shortest, so when things like that happen, I'm guaranteed not to have to do my hair and still 100% presentable. And the funny thing is, you usually show up looking like a dime, like you're, you're in good shape, Got the right? J's on, got like, we're yeah. good to go. You know, we're good to go. I'm, I've got a planned out routine where I'm good to go. This guy has to be trolling you. It has to be. Has to right? be trolling so, you. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the benefit of the doubt. That you're not trolling me, and I'm going to give you my barber instructions, okay? So so what I get, and you will see it Monday on the show, because I'm I, like I said, we're, we're getting our hair cut after the show tomorrow. On Monday, oh, and here's the bots. Here we go. See what I tell you? So so the instructions are skin fade all the way around. But the You're really going to give this cat instructions? Yes. The key is the hard. He's not asking the, you for dude, a real haircut. The key is the hard part. That's the key. You don't just want him to part your hair. You want him to take the the, the no, buzzer. No, no, wait, wrong. That's your mic. <laughs> wrong slide. You are not giving him instructions bro, on how to get your hair. Bro, cut. He, he don't asked. give a damn. He gave. He, he paid me a hundred dollars. He don't give a damn about your hair. <laughs> he paid a hundred dollars for it, bro. I'm trying to be good. My guy, I appreciate. <laughs> listen, I appreciate the tip. What's everybody else say? M. Morris says, "Ha ha." Justin Salas says, LOL, I don't know if this is a joke or if he is real. <laughs> That's it has saying. to be a joke. My hair looks brutal today. It has to be a it joke, has but to be a I joke. don't know, dude. Uh, I think you handled it perfectly better than I would have. You did come. Uh, you did the long-term right thing. Too bad most people aren't this good. We can all do better, myself included. And then he says, ha, 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 no Yeah. More. Yeah, right? <laughs> Giggity says, this is not how I expected the neighbor's story to unfold. Well done, Monty. Thank you. I want better fucking execution. Thank you. Uh, let's see. Uh, San Diego State Aztecs 21 says, Kinder's Master Salt, the bomb, Diggity. Oh, Amen to that, yes. bro. Kinder's is so good, dude. Giggity says, bro, Jake, what is wrong with your hair? <laughs> it's not good. So, okay, so like I was saying, the alarm just straight up didn't go off or whatever, and I woke up at 4.52, and I was like, oh, my God. So I open the closet door, put the black tee on, the shorts. I get the one low J's. And I'm like, I'm out this piece. That's it. Like, it was crazy. Absolutely crazy. Yeah, I got up right on time today. Like, everything was good. Everything yeah. was good. Uh, <laughs> Brandon Avance says, love it. Yeah. Uh, M. Morris says, this has to be a friend trolling. Has it has to be. To be has bro. to be. It has to be. Fat Jesus says, that tip from Numra is from both of us, Fat Jesus says. Okay, good. Yeah, good, good. Wreck yeah. One says, I'm sure he was trolling, Monty. Has to be. Right? Has but to that's, be. But that's, I mean, give the guy credit, though. 100 bucks to troll is Numra, pretty good. Numra says, what the heck? I actually want to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. How, in, how allowed, are you getting a $100 tip in hair advice requests on the worst hair day you've had in a year? Am I allowed to give dude the, the directions? Can I give the dude the directions real quick? The hard part. Yeah, tell him about the okay. hard part. So just simply go to your barber and say, hey, dude, I want a skin fade and I want a hard part. That's what you need. Because then what you're going to get is this really nice fade and then you get the line in your part. But what he does is he takes the clipper and he literally cuts a line into your hair. It's not just like combing it. Like he cuts a line so you don't have hair there. It Why looks will you not get a mohawk? Because I don't, because dude. What about not, a mohawk? I'm not a child. I don't throw peaches and get mohawks. Come on. Hey, dude, if I had the hair to get a mohawk, I'd be getting a mohawk. 
Yeah. I'd be doing creative, fun stuff with my hair, but I'm old. I'm fat. I don't. Yeah, have I, hair. I have, I have, we have to represent us in other things that are coming. K. So. says I cut my own hair. Man, I did that once too. Nope. Nope. My Every friend, fast. my friend Dave, had a floby. And we did the whole hey, let's You've get. You've used a floby. Yeah, and a and a Tupperware bowl, and we did a bowl cut. <laughs> I shaved my head. <laughs> I shaved. I lived in Northbrook, Illinois. And, <laughs> And maybe it was Mike Chirot. Listen, we're in, in a strange time. One of my friends in my Northbrook neighborhood had a Floby. It might have been Mike Chirot. Man, that poor kid, he ran right into a... We were playing um, We were playing tackle football. Mike Chirot. God, Chirosi. Running down Long Acre Lane in Northbrook. There's a fire hydrant. He's running a pass route and ran right smack into that fire hydrant. I'll drop that mother... He was out for like four to six weeks. It was unbelievably bad. <laughs> unbelievably bad. Uh, Numera says, uh, I work 17-hour factory shifts for that money. I appreciate you, man. Thank you. Dude, no, but seriously, seriously. Thank you. That That's one of the biggest, seriously, that's one of the biggest uh, tips we've ever gotten on the show. So I really appreciate that. Yeah, I do appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Bless T says 777, number of the goat of goats. Okay. Cool. I don't know what that means. Um, how about... Are, why are our comments not working right now? Uh, Fat Jesus says, I feel like Jake has been waiting his whole life to talk about his haircut. Well, you, you know. take pride in it. Yeah. Uh, talking with Raphael Podcast. On Barber Radio. Says, I go to ABD Barbershop to get my haircut. Cool. Nice, dude. Cool, cool. Numerous says, show me the back of your neck, man, please. Why? Well, like, what do you, what? Like, what am I supposed to do here? Like, <laughs> Look at that back of his hair. Like, what, what am I supposed to do, bro? Like, come on, dude. Like, look at the back of my hair, It bro. is so fucking bad today. It is so bad today. Like, like what, what am why? I supposed to do, bro? Why today of all days? Yeah, I don't know. Why today I, I of no all idea. days? Like, I, I don't but, understand it. Yeah. Why today of all days? Yeah, I Your don't know. worst hair day ever. Yeah, it is. You know, hey. Why? But I'm telling you, I'm te but see, this is my point, though. This is why I'm a big believer in short hair because when you're in crisis lockdown mode and you woke up crisis late, lockdown like mode. you have an out. You just have to get the contacts in, get dressed, and leave. That's it. Like yeah, you're but, done. But no, but notice nobody is asking for my haircut. No, nobody. Uh, Steve Peterson says it sucks while it cuts. Yeah, <laughs> Floby, it does. It's not hard to use. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Fort Worth poke fifty four. Poke? Fort Worth Poke 54. Right. I love your show. I'm an Oklahoma State alum fan and found you six weeks ago, and I watch every day. Well, thank Let's you. Let's go. Appreciate it. Thanks, 5-4. Appreciate, appreciate that. that, buddy. And my jazz fan says, I was so looking to buy stuff from Barbecue Pit Stop. If you ask questions to them, they text you. Wow. How awesome is that? Great I did company. not know that. Great. Wow. That's awesome, dude. That's Seriously. really awesome. Well, hey, well, that. you uh, you've been messaging me this morning on Twitter. Send me that. DM me about that. Tell me what they did. I'd love to share that with them. Yeah, that that's great. I feedback. would love to document that. Um, let's see. M. Morris says, "Act like a dragon." Now they want you to act like. Wait, well, single how do I? How do I act like a dragon? Like I don't know. <laughs> this is the. In <laughs> and now for and now the interpretive dance portion of the Monty Show, where Jake is going to act like an asshole, <laughs> pretending to be a dragon. <laughs> Got me. Got me. I don't even know what to, what to do, dude. Rec one said he did it. Oh my god! Yes, he did. Yeah. Tickety said, "LMAO, damn, back of his head looks like a rat's <laughs> yeah, nest." It does. 
does. It does, dude. Because I usually, because I'll shower in the morning, which <sighs> I have this, I don't even know what the terminology is, the nomenclature, but a I have colic? this. Yeah, colic that just tortures me consistently. Even when I have short hair, it stands up. It's terrible. It's terrible. So when I have Bro. long hair, it's brutal. Bro. It's absolutely brutal. Wow. Uh, MH... <laughs> MH5 says, dude, I was on Zoom calls yesterday wearing a hat. Bad hair working from home after a new baby. No time for sleep means no time for yeah. hair. Do not feel bad for that bad hat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, come on. I'm telling you. This is why. This, see, this is why. This is why. With all you due have respect. To go, with all due respect, you got to go to the barber, <laughs> get your skin fade game on point, spend the 30 oh. bucks or whatever, and just give yourself the insurance policy. Raphael says that pillow hair, LOL, yeah. it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. Yes. It's all, it totally. I should. We should all like take pictures at some point. Like my hair in the morning, dude. It's wild. Dude. Saturday morning gym hair is legit. Dude, Justin Salas says, dance, monkey, dance, monkey. <laughs> I can't believe you did that. Yeah. I can't believe you did yeah. that. Yeah, you know. Man, I, I don't know. Uh, M. Alvarez says, I live in Florida. I reached out to Barbecue Pit Stop via the chat so I could get entered in their driveway drawing. Sick. Nice. Sick, dude. Appreciate you, man. Uh, Cody Strickland says, this show has just reached a new level, LOL. Yes, it, it has. has. It has. Yes. There is no doubt about that. There is no doubt about that. Well, yes. hey, big show today. Appreciate all of you being here again. Uh, if you're just tuning in, um, please give us a thumbs up and a like. It really helps the channel grow. The biggest stories in sports this morning, obviously the Big Ten announcing their TV rights deal. Um, they uh, sign a seven-year deal that's worth between 7 and $8 billion with CBS, Fox, and NBC. Yeah. NBC Sports tweeted uh, that NBC and Peacock are now the exclusive home of, quote, Big Ten Saturday night. So excited. Starting in 2023, Brett McMurphy uh, has been consistently reporting that the Big Ten is pursuing Oregon, Washington, Stanford, and Cal. That is a huge story. Um, I think that's the biggest story of the morning. There, uh, there is no doubt about that. And as more details come out on that, obviously, uh, we'll keep you guys up to date on that. But, um, yeah, please follow us on uh, Twitter and Instagram, The Monty Show. M-O-N-T-Y, The Monty Show. I know that you guys have called uh, Barbecue Pit Stop. Um, hey, if you're in the market for a mortgage or even if you want to know, can I qualify for a mortgage? Call Debra Davis. Tell him you heard about him on The Monty Show. 801 543-9666. Debra Davis and Academy Mortgage. NMLS number 278. 545 equal housing lenders. Until tomorrow. Say goodbye, Jake. Don't use a flow beat, Jake. <laughs> <laughs>